Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined by the New York bound Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you, my friend? Rob, to the shock of absolutely nobody, I am absolutely fantastic as always, blessed and just happy to be here talking to you about stardom and happy to be talking to all of our friends and family over at the stardom cast and yes as this will drop on friday morning so when you listen to this i will either be a on my way to new york b in new york or if you're listening to this on saturday afternoon i will be um on my way home or back home from new york so uh exciting things because we were texting last night that uh there was a possibility we weren't getting any stardom matches on this show yeah, it was it was a strange one. Um, we might as well delve straight into that, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the matches have now been announced, um, and I'll go through those in a minute. But obviously, as we record this, it's Wednesday, the 26th of October, and the show is on the 28th of October, the Friday. Um, and as of Tuesday night, we'd had no stardom matches announced um the poster that had got mina and mayu and uh Wacker on had been pulled um there'd been nothing on the stardom twitter accounts nothing on the new japan twitter accounts and you know people were getting a little bit anxious yourself included because you know from you can talk about this from uh, a very personal standpoint because a lot of people were getting nervous as the stardom matches were a huge reason as to why people had bought tickets to this show and to be getting so close with no matches announced that must have been uh a little bit irksome matt yeah i mean as much as i love new japan and i do i'm a huge huge uh supporter of new japan the whole reason why i was going to uh new york city was you know for the start of matches and i was like well if they're not gonna have the start of matches i mean it is what it is i already bought the tickets i already booked the hotel room um and, and i was kind of thinking in the back of my head you know worst case scenario if there if it's just a new japan show that's fine but I get, you know, my wife, Amber, she's coming with me and we haven't had like a little mini. Again, we're leaving on Friday morning, staying over the night and coming back sometime on Saturday. So it's like a mini, mini vacation. We haven't had a getaway, just the two of us in quite some time. So I was like, well, all this other stuff would be nice. But the whole reason why I shelled out all this money was for stardom. And I and as I was texting you last night, I was having this conversation with her. And then she brought up the fact that I don't even know if we talked about this to the listeners but for about two weeks, you were kicking around the idea of flying in into the States and uh, having the first ever Matt Turner, Rob Goodwin uh, stardom cast meetup <laughs> as we were going to go to this show together. And I completely forgot about that. And even Amber said, can you imagine if Rob would have shelled out all those thousands of dollars to fly over and there's no stardom match? And I said, I didn't that didn't even cross my mind. So but uh, yeah, we, we got the announcement um, 
uh, literally as soon as I woke up, I was getting ready to go to the gym and I was like, let me see what's going on Twitter. I'm like, up oh, there it is. And halfway through my gym workout, I got the text message from one Robert Goodwin saying, Hey, the matches are announced. Do you want to record at such and such time? And I replied, absolutely. And I'm excited. Yeah, I don't want to say that we have got a huge social media pull, but all I'm going to say is we put something on Twitter and the matches appeared. So coincidence, probably. But, you know, for <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It could have been our uh, social media savvy. I was four pints Rob, in at this point. <laughs> yeah, don't, bre- don't break your hand patting yourself on the back, brother. But those aforementioned matches then are as follows. We do have Mayu Iwatani's second SWA championship defense. Uh, first one since Fukuken death in May um, with Killing King, uh, famous for uh, NWA, and she's done some shots on AEW as well. And then we got a tag match, Wakasuki Armor and Mina Shirakawa taking on Kylie Ray and Tiara James. So, Matt, you were absolutely spot on. We have a Cosmic Angels tag team match, and you said a Mayu singles match. We'd not only have a Mayu singles match, we have a Mayu championship match as well. Yeah, not only that, but the uh, theme music that leads us on into uh, this podcast, I'll be hearing that live in New York on Friday because that is our champion thing. Am, am I not uh, correct there, sir? You are indeed. You are indeed. And uh, one, one in a row. I got one in a row right today. All right. <laughs> Go you. <laughs> um, I will be extremely disappointed if I don't get some sort of video of you dancing to both this and the Cosmic Angels uh, entrance theme. <laughs> I'll be so disappointed. Wow. Absolutely. It all depends on how, you know, I'm going to try to be a professional there because I am going to be representing, obviously, uh, myself and the Stardom cast and my marriage as well, because like I said, my <laughs> wife's going to be there. But it all depends on how many uh, beers I am in. So uh, you might be getting a, a text message either from me or my wife on uh, <laughs> some sort of fancy video. But I will be keeping you posted. Again, I know there is a five hour time zone difference, so I don't want to be keeping you up too, too late at night. But you may wake up to uh, some fancy text messages and uh, and uh, videos, uh, PG videos, I promise, uh, when you wake up on a Saturday morning. Bloody hope so. <laughs> um, in terms of how to watch this, we we moaned a little bit last week about uh, about pay-per-views. This is another one. Um, technically, it's available on Fight TV, both this and on the Thursday, so tomorrow as we record the 27th, there is the night before Rumble on 44th Street. So a little bit of a Halloween-themed show. Um, it's... A mystery card, very similar to uh, Progress Unboxing, um, a New Year Dash, where basically the card will be announced on the day. So you, there might be more stardom participation on that card. I don't know. Obviously, we'll never know uh, until the actual day. But uh, both these shows are available on Fight TV. Uh, presumably, they will then drop on New Japan World as well. I don't know how it will fall in terms of stardom world as well um but i am 90 percent sure they will be on world in the next three weeks i would have thought matt what about you yeah that's a good prediction but uh, i will have my live uh, next week listen to the start we should listen to the stardom cast every week uh, and we thank you <laughs> next week i will give you my uh my live uh my live exclusive of uh of all the uh the doings in the Big Apple, New York City, twice. That's 
this will be my second time driving to the hardest city in the world to get into in uh, in this last month. Obviously, <laughs> a few weeks ago, I was at New York Comic Con. So yeah, I am a glutton for punishment. That just shows you how much I love wrestling and comic books. So <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully this weekend will cost you considerably less. Um, but knowing you, probably not. Um, <laughs> um, let's kick into some news. But before we do that, Matt, would you like to give our beautiful listeners a little bit of a sneak peek? into what's coming up on the Stardomcast Patreon this week. Absolutely. All right, let me take a deep breath here because we have a lot going on and there's a lot of content that we've been popping out lately, not only on the Patreon, but the free feed, the free feed easy for me to say. But yes, this month, the month of October that we are currently in um, is the Goddess of Stardom um, theme. And we dropped about two weeks ago to 2019 winners, Dreamshine, Tam Nakano and Arisa Hoshinki. So we uh, that podcast uh, had dropped a few weeks ago for the red and white belt tier members. And not only did I do their entire uh, goddess run, but I did their tag match as tag title match, as well as they challenged the Tokyo Cyber Squad of Kunami and Jungle Kiona. And I did say last week on that podcast that it is in my top 10 all time favorite stardom tag matches. I just now um, I just recorded a day or two ago yesterday. Just yesterday, I just recorded the uh, the next one dropping for the white and red belt tier members. The 2020 uh, Goddess of Stardom tournament winners, which was Momo Watanabe and Azumi, collectively known as Momo AZ. And uh, I figured if I did it for uh, the Dream Shine, so I would do it for Momo AZ. So I, you got a little bonus there as well. As since they won the tournament, they had the right to challenge the then tag team champions of Yutami Haishista and Saya Kamatani. So I watched that, and that review is there as well. It might be up as of this dropping. This is supposed to drop on Friday. It might be already in your feed. If not, it will be there by the end of the month. And, uh, Rob went out on a limb either the last week or the week before and said, oh, yeah, that Momo Zumi versus Utami Sayakamitani tag team title match. That was really good. Rob put his reputation on the line, folks. And <laughs> shocking to no one, a match with those four was fantastic. I, I just I just mentioned that the uh, the 2019 tag title match with a Dream Shine versus Tokyo Cyber Squad is in my top 10 of stardom tag matches. This match between the four members of Queen's Quest, I even liked better. So that just wow. goes to show you how great that match was. And I'm going to, I even said at the end of um, the recording for the Patreon that Momo Watanabe and Izumi, they are my second favorite tag team uh, of all time in stardom. Obviously, number one being uh, Thunder Rock of Mayu and Io. Uh, I just, just absolutely floored just how, how good those two work together. And it's still, you know, 10 months later, this thing is still there of Momo <laughs> breaking up that team. But they're both young, uh, so maybe somewhere down the line they will get back together. So uh, I also did put up uh, earlier today, again, as we record this on Wednesday, on my Twitter account, uh, Matt Turner OF, and it's you can also find it on the Stardom Cast Twitter account as well. The voting has begun for what you want to hear for the month of November. So we have Kagetsu, Red Belt Rain. We have Hazuki High Speed Rain. We have Tam Nakano, White Belt Rain. And we have Utami and Momo, Goddess of Stardom Rain. So that voting will close next Wednesday. Um, so you have seven days to vote. And as always, I will take the uh, whatever is the top two vote getters. That's what we that's what I will be. And uh, that's what I'll be reviewing for the month of November. Now, exclusive to the Red Belt tier Patreon, our watch along. Just this past Monday, I released what is my match of the year for not only stardom, but all of wrestling. And I believe this match is pretty high on your radar as well, Rob. 
the uh, we just went back just uh, about a month or so ago to the finals of this year's uh, Grand Prix of Julia versus Tam Nakano. And then coming up this Monday will be the final match for now, fingers crossed, of Io Shirai as she teams with Mayu Iwatani as uh, Thunder Rock comes back together for one night for now uh, to take on the team of Hazuki and uh, Kigetsu. So that's what will be coming up next week. And I usually don't do this, but I'm even going to tell you what's going to happen in two weeks on the Red Belt Tier Patreon, just because it's a hot topic right now. One of the hottest topics in wrestling is Mayu versus Kari. So in two weeks' time, we're going to be re-watching the White Belt match with uh, Kari defending against Mayu. So that's all that is coming up on the Patreon. And as always, any suggestions for watch-alongs, just drop me a line. Matt Turner OF on the Twitter. Brilliant. Busy as always, Matt. Thank you so much for doing that. And I'm sure... Everyone agrees it's fantastic content. Um, Just quickly, I just wanted to say a little bit of a thank you as well. We have reached 21,000 downloads um, of our podcast. So thank you to everyone that has listened, um, that has spread the word, that has reviewed our podcast um, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and all over um, that sort of landscape. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, If you do want to help out the podcast, um, but the Patreon isn't for you, which is absolutely fine, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, It really does help the podcast out. It helps us be exposed to more people as well. We'd really, truly appreciate that. Um, Let's kick into that news then. And the big thing coming out of uh, the pay-per-view on Sunday was the fact that we have a fourth tournament. Um, During the show, we had a video package and then the English Twitter feed broke the following. The Cinderella Tournament, the five-star Grand Prix, the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, On January 3rd, 2023, our annual Big Four is complete with the opening day of the Triangle Derby, a 14-team trios tag league with the semifinals and finals on March the 4th. So uh, we do have our fourth tournament, even more emphasis being put on the trios, which I think can only be a good thing. Um, I think over the last... 18 months, far more emphasis has been put on the artist of Stardom Belts, and we're reaping the benefits. You know, we had a lot of good matches from uh, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Yunagi, and Mina. We've had really good reign then from uh, my Himipoi, and then we followed this on with some fantastic defences from the Oedetai team that currently hold the belts. Um, what is your thought of a fourth tournament, Matt, uh, a trios tournament and a round robin as well, Matt? How are you feeling about that? Well, first, when they said the big four, I thought they were going to have Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax <laughs> and Megadeth all coming in to play the themes of the star. I was like, yeah, here we're going to finally get that metal version of Hanan's theme. Here we go. Dreams do come true, folks. Uh, I'm a big fan of tournament wrestling. And it, it, again, this it's they're having four. So it's, it's pretty much like once a quarter. And it's trios. I'm a big fan of anything tag team wrestling or trios. And the fact that there's so many good, there's been so many good six-person uh, tag matches, our artists of stardom tag matches in the last year that I'm like, yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, keep bringing it on. My only question, I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm all for it. Two thumbs up. Absolutely. It's another thing for us to preview and more than likely probably another giveaway. I'm probably going to do another giveaway uh, for uh, for this tournament, kind of like how we did for, we're currently doing for the Goddess of Stardom tournament 
And we did uh, for the five star, which uh, thank you to Andrew Watt, who finally got back to me. And I just <laughs> mailed out his I just mailed out his thing to, uh, just the other day. So uh, if you're listening, buddy, by the time this comp, by the time uh, you listen to this, it should be uh, in your mailbox. But um, yeah, so I'm all for it. Now, here's my question to you is how are they going to divide some of these teams up? Like, what do you like? Example for stars, you have six people in stars. Do you do the three main eventers, which is, you know, FWC and Mayu, and just load that side up? Or in one of the greatest, if not the greatest artists of stardom uh, championship match that I've ever seen, you had FWC and Hanan. And you go that way and put Mayu with Momokogo and Saeeda. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, even like God's Eye, like where do you go with there now with Inaba and... um Oh, I forget her name. The new girl that just uh, the 16 year old that just joined at New Blood. Like, where do you go with that? Like, where are you going to go with? I think a way to tie you probably have uh, Momo, uh, Starlight Kid and Saki Kajima as a team. But like, how are you going to divide these teams up? Like even Donald Del Mundo, where do you go with there? So it's going to be interesting to see like which pairing they go with. But yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it can only be a good thing, you know, more stardom wrestling. Um, again, as I mentioned before, the emphasis on that artist of stardom division, which for so long has been seen as pretty much a throwaway division. Um, it was just a belt to put on the hot stable. Um, there wasn't really anything behind it. However, this adds another layer to that, which is great. I did have the exact same thought about that, Matt. Um 14 teams, so you think in two blocks of seven. Um You've already said about um, stars. Obviously, they're okay. You split them in half. Um, I do think, pardon me, after they're showing against Oedetai, it'd be a shame not to have FWC and Hannon really, really elevate Hannon in that trios league. Um, Nanami, by the way, is the person you're thinking of from God's Eye. Um, The only thing that I'm thinking of in terms of that is God's Eye. There are five people in God's Eye. So you split them into a three and a two, but then someone needs to join that. And that's where you are going to have a couple of issues because there are five people in DDM, I believe. Um, There are five people in Queen's Quest. Um, There are about 500 in uh, Oedetai, so they'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> they're the whole tournament. They're exactly. The, the whole tournament. 14 Oedetai <laughs> yeah, teams going at it. <laughs> um, but Oedetai are going to be fine because obviously you've got the three champions and then you've got Natsukator Arena and Ruaka. You've also got Fuking Death that you can throw in there as well. Um, whether they will mix some of the teams like they've done in the Tag League with My Fair Lady, I don't know. 14 teams seems a lot, but... Hopefully that means that we're going to see a colors team. We're going to see a prominence team. Maybe we'll see marvelous. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to see Takumi Aroha. It's been confirmed today. She's out for three months, which is unfortunate. But you know, we've had people like Rin Kadokura come over. Obviously, we've had a lot of cross promotion stuff with the new blood, uh, new blood shows. So maybe we'll see um, some more people come over for trios there. Um, I think it's great to be perfectly honest. And on March fourth, we're getting the semifinals and the finals. The opening day is going to be. Uh, January 3rd, so the day before Wrestle Kingdom, um, which the show at the Yokohama Budokan. Um, that March 4th show, I wonder if that is being earmarked as the big show for March. Obviously, the last two years, we spoke about it last week, the last two years they've had uh, the Budokan show and then the two nights at Sumo Hall for World Climax. I wonder if they're going to do something similar um, for March 4th here, maybe run it to a big venue and have the semifinals and the finals on two nights. What do you think, Matt? 
Yeah, that's, uh, as always, Rob, uh, fantastic insight. And then here's something else that you could throw out there, too, is, you know, you could have Kyrie or you can have even Konami. Konami's obviously really good friends with Sherry, so maybe Konami joins uh, God's Eye. I mean, we know she's coming back for this uh, next pay-per-view coming up in about a week's time. So, I mean, maybe you have Konami joins God's Eye, and that, that kind of rounds out that trio. Yeah, but um, I can see that, you know, for March, you have your semifinals and finals there, and then you kind of just probably put two big um, title matches on there. You know, whether we be, I think a lot of us still think and hope that Sayakamatani is the white belt champion. So you can have that as your co-main event. And then uh, I think majority of us have Peg Julia is going to uh, be the red belt champion. So maybe you main event that show with Julia, with like Suzu Suzuki or Hazuki or really just about anybody. So, but yeah, I think that's, uh, I think you, you nailed it right there, buddy. I think that yeah, this is going to be earmarked for a big, big show um, coming up in, in March. Um, Let's move on then. I've just had a look at the stardom schedule and um not surprisingly there's nothing in uh, there's nothing on the schedule for March. So obviously we've got the Hiroshima pay-per-view coming up on the 3rd and Stardom tend to make announcements after the first match on a pay-per-view. Um and we've also got Gold Rush as well which is taking place on the 19th of November. So the chances are in the next couple of weeks we're going to have a lot more information in terms of this. Um, and obviously we've got the historic crossover show as well. Um, the day after gold rush on November 20th. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more information by then. Um, courtesy of Scott E wrestling. Hi Scott. If you're listening, by the way, um, we have got the final day matchups for the tag league. So on the final day, these are your matchups. I want to see if there's anything that's, uh, that raises an eyebrow for you, Matt. So we've got Mafia Bella taking on Black Desire. I genuinely do think that could be a block final. Um, we've got FWC versus My Himmy. Again, that strikes me as a block Ooh. final as well. Um, 7-Up versus BMI 2000. Um, we've got O2 Line versus Kawild Venus. Uh, Peach Rock against We Love Tokyo Sports. And then Karate Brave versus My Fair Lady. Um, obviously, those first two matches, Matt, the Mafia Bella and Black Desire um, and FWC and My Himmy. They they were the four teams, apart from the new eras, they were the four teams that we sort of picked out in our preview last week as being there or thereabouts in terms of the blocks. Um, are there any other matches there that sort of jump out to you as spoilers, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I will, I'm going to bet you one American dollar that going into this final night, Mayu and Momokogo are contenders to make it to the finals, but they are going <laughs> up against spoiler A and spoiler B, and that's going to knock them out. There it is. I will bet you, and you don't have to bet against me, but just one American dollar that I'm putting that on the line because <laughs> I'm like that. Those first two matches that you announced, apps, I'm not, you know, absolutely. That's a very good chance that those two can be the finals of the blue and red stars. But obviously, we, um, especially piggybacking off the uh, the finals of the five star where uh, there was, I think, 13 people in contention for the finals. So like, you'll have more than one team, more than one team uh, in contention for the final. And it'll be nice to see Mayu and Momokogo. Obviously, we all love Mayu Iwatani. Momokogo, I think, is doing a great job coming into her own. So it'll be nice to see that Momokogo has actual shot to get to the final of this tournament. But I think uh, with the uh, the team of Fukin Death and Saki Kashima, the two biggest spoilers in all of wrestling, I think that uh, that's the road they're going to go down going into the finals. Um, 
yeah, I agree. Um, I still think that we are getting a My Himmy versus um, Black Desire final. Obviously not announced on that final card are Aphrodite and the New Eras as well, who are big teams heading into this tournament. And obviously we'll talk a little bit more about the Tag League as we progress. Obviously we have the opening night on the 23rd of October. There's just one more thing I want to talk to you about, Matt. Um, we talked about Yunagi Sayaka and her decision to embark on a freelance mission for a while, sort of uh, assessing other people. Um, and it was That's sort great. of... <laughs> we were sort of under the impression, uh, the narrative that we were fed at least, was that this was sort of a decision that was done primarily as an experience thing. Um, however, what I didn't realise was that there was another tail to this story another string to that bow shall we say and again it's thanks to our discord that this was actually brought to my attention apparently on the wrestling observer um notice boards um sunny uh put this on there unagi was involved in some controversy behind the scenes i don't know that she is done but it was talked about as a possibility as far back as a month ago now that sort of puts an entirely new spin on what we were talking about. What sort of controversy was Yunagi involved in? Was it serious enough that she was effectively forced out of the company? Um, was this just one thing on top of the other? Was this just something that added to the decision that maybe she needed to go away and get more experience? Is the word controversy maybe a little bit too harsh? Who knows? But it certainly does make you think about what's gone on behind the scenes, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's an old saying, there's three sides to every story, my side, your side, and the truth. So we don't know. I mean, you can speculate all the time on, you know, what happened backstage. You know, we don't we don't know, but obviously we just want, obviously, stardom to continue to grow and whatever Yunagi's doing. And we talked about it last week that she's kind of betting on herself um, and going over to these other promotions. So uh, do we want to see Yunagi back in stardom again? Absolutely. Do we want to see her back in Cosmic Angels and teaming with Mina again? Absolutely. But I don't know. I I've been told by um, some people on Twitter over there in Japan that the shows that Yunagi has been doing, that the houses are up and that her merchandising line and merchandising table is longer than anybody else's. So that's a pretty good indication that whatever she's doing, wherever she's going, that uh, it, it's working so far for her. But again, whatever happened backstage, you know, I don't know. You don't know. It's just, you know, purely speculation. And and uh, and that's that. But again, hopefully, hopefully we see her back her in stardom uh, back sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. There's very little point speculating on what it could and couldn't be. It's just the fact that, you know, there was something is uh, a little bit worrying, but obviously like you said, my echoing your sentiments, we we want nothing but the best for the company. We want nothing but the best for uh, Yunagi as well. So hopefully she does extremely well and then uh, comes back and is a better before performer because of it. Let's kick into some of these show reviews then. Um, so we've got the show in Himaji, which we wanted to review last week, but wasn't up on World. That is up in full now. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We're then going to talk about the show from Corrigan Hall on the 22nd of October. And then we'll talk about the pay-per-view as well and the opening of the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, pardon me, 2022. So 
The show from Himaji uh, on Sunday, the 16th of October, 2022, from the Akria Himaji Exhibition Hall in Hyogo in front of a sellout crowd of 426 people. Uh, I'll read through the results now. Uh, so match one, singles match. Azumi defeated Wakasukiyama with the diving double foot stomp in seven minutes and seven seconds. Uh, match two, uh, was a tag team match. The God's Eye team of Mirai and Amisori defeated the Ueretai team of Starlight Kid and Ruwaka um, with uh, Lariat in nine minutes and 17 seconds. Um, uh, match three was a six-woman tag team match. The Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Kogama and Hazuki defeated the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Sayakamatani and Lady C with the Moonsault in 13.41. We then had three consecutive five-star Grand Prix rematches as they were billed. So match four uh, was Momo Watanabe defeating Saya Ida in seven minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, match five was Micah getting a revenge on Momo Kogo with the anchor Atoshi in four minutes and 35 seconds. And then Suri defeating Saki Kashima via referee stoppage in five minutes and and 44 seconds once the towel was thrown in. So Suri taking absolutely no prisoners on poor Saki. And then in the main event, a six-woman tag team match, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Natsupoi defeated the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Himika, and Mei Sakurai. Mina picking up the win with the glamorous collection. Mina in 17 minutes and 59 seconds. Now, Matt, when you were texting me about this show, you were full of praise as you often are um, because you're a nice person but you were full of praise of Momo Watanabe and Saya Ida you said in fact I believe the quote was they stole the show yeah absolutely I thought um, just Waka Azumi was really really good I mean if that's where they decided to go for Waka for a high speed challenger with Azumi I'm all for it that was really really good but yeah uh, Saya Ida and Saya yeah, Saya Ida Saya Ida <laughs> and Momo Watanabe I mean just off the top of my head it might be my all-time favorite Saya Ida match I mean she's really ever since she's come back from injury she's really really growing into her own and just like the way that this was built like Momo is obviously coming for revenge Momo is one of the hardest hitters if not the hardest hitter in all of stardom so Momo comes out like right out the box just blitzing and it's like almost bullying Saida and as big as a fan I am of Momo Watanabe I don't like bullies so it's easy to get behind Saida and of course she fires back with just the brutal chops and brutal forearms I mean if you you know what you're gonna get when you get a Momo versus Saida match and if you like their five-star match this was was better was was way better and I like their five-star match but I even gave it a solid four stars Again, I think it's my favorite Saida singles match that I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And then uh, um, I know you didn't get a chance to watch the show, but if you do have time, I mean, the match is only about eight minutes. Uh, definitely go out of your way to, to go see it, because if you like hard-hitting wrestling, this match is for you. I mean, that is my style of wrestling. Um, and there's a match later on that we're going to talk about where that sort of style of wrestling hits home massively. So, you know, Momo Watanabe's had a really underrated year. You look at some of the matches that she has had and she isn't talked about in the Worker of the Year category in stardom. That falls, you know, rightly at the feet of Sayakamatani, who's had an absolutely outstanding year. But I think if you look at Momo's catalogue, 
of matches in 2022. She has had an absolutely fantastic year. She's had great matches as part of Black Desire. She's had great matches as part of the trio with Starlight Kid and Saki Kashima. And she's had some really, really, really stellar singles matches. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if when we do our annual awards at the end of the year, if Momo Watanabe gets a lot of votes in terms of Worker of the Year, Matt. Yeah, and it's like, I I always... You know, I kind of we're about two months away from the end of the year and I kind of have my top 10 workers in all of wrestling in my head. And just based on the last few shows of uh, the, the five star and then the Momo Mayu match, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then the Mayu Utami match. I didn't have Mayu and Momo in my top 10. And again, I always get, you know, you're all you're biased towards stardom. You're biased towards stardom. Like, I see that. But at the same time, I'm just biased to really good wrestling. And now it's like jeepers. I think I have to put Mayu and Momo in my top 10 list for wrestling. So, and again, I watch all of stardom. I watch all of AEW. I watch the majority of new Japan. I watch the majority of WWE. I watch a good amount of all Japan and pro wrestling Noah. So that's kind of the basis of what I'm going off of. But I mean, take a look at this rap. Tell me if I'm, I mean, I know I'm nuts, but how do you not put in your top 10 list? Uh, obviously, Saikamatani, Sherry, Azumi, Hazuki, Julia, Starlight Kid, Tam Nakano, and now Mayu and Momo. Like you can literally put those in your top 10 list of all of wrestling. And it's like, it takes up 89. It's all stardom. Stardom are blessed with a very, very, very talented roster. And we've said this, you know, there's so many on that roster that once they are given the tap on the shoulder can really escalate. Saki Kashima is a perfect example. Himik is another perfect example as well that can be thrust into that sort of main event um, area and they can really go when they're given the tap on the shoulder. Um, in terms of worker of the year, Saikamatani is still hands down the worker of the year, but you've mentioned some names there. Julia has had a fantastic year. Um, Starlight Kid has had a really, really, really impressive year. She continues to grow. Momo Watanabe, it's not even, it's not even just her heel, uh, sorry, her in ring work which is still fantastic. I mean, that match with Mayu, which we're going to talk about in a moment, was an absolutely excellent match, but it's a heel work as well. You mentioned it with Sayurida. She's such a good heel that it is so easy to get behind the baby face. And that's perfect. That is the story that Momo's trying to tell. Nine times out of ten as a heel, you aren't going over, um, especially in the big matches. You know, your your purpose on that roster is to be conquered by the baby face. Um, so having someone like Momo, who is a strong in-ring wrestler, but is also such a detestable heel, um, it just makes it so that if Sayurida, so for example, when Sayurida went over in the, in the five-star, you were made up for her because, you know, she'd got one over on the big bad heel. When Hazuki inevitably gets that singles win over Momo Watanabe, that's going to be fantastic because she's vanquished this horrible evil heel. I think that her heel work has really, really improved. Now that she's not just using the spanner um, in every match, I think it's really, really, really improved. Um, is there anyone else then, Matt, you want to talk about, or any other, any other matches you want to talk about on that card? Just real quick, the Sherry versus uh, Saki Kashima, it was really, really funny, because Saki wanted nothing to do with Sherry. Like, they literally had to drag, I think with Starlight Kid and Ruaka, had to literally drag Saki Kashima out and you forget because of, again, there's so much great stuff going on in stardom. Obviously, the world is talking about Julia, and rightfully so. And now we're focusing on Momo Watanabe, and we're focusing on 
um, the match coming up on the 20th of November with Mayu and uh, Kari. And we're talking about Saki Kashima being wrestler of the year and uh, the tag team. You forget that our champion is legit the biggest badass in the history of stardom. She's a legit shooter. She's fought in the UFC. She's former Queen of Pancrase champion. So, like, Sherry comes out as a badass after Saki Kashima had to be dragged out of the uh, out of the locker room. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Completely and shame on me. Like I completely forgot. Like this is our champion, the biggest badass. And this match, which only went like five minutes, it basically shows how badass Shiri is because the Starlight Kid's got to throw on the towel because of the beating on poor Saki Kashima. And then Shiri goes <laughs> to Saki Kashima, "Hey, we're one for one. How about you? I'll give you a title shot at the richest prize." In all of stardom, and Saki's like, nope, absolutely not. I don't want a title shot. Like you just like that segment, which again was all of like between the entrances. Again, it's one thing to be good bell to bell, but it's one thing from entrance to entrance when Saki's music hits and you're waiting for her to come out and be like, is she like tying her shoe or does she fall asleep? And then you see why what's taking her so long to get out is they have to literally drag her out. And then here comes Sherry again with that music and the robe and just that entrance with like, you know, the final boss, the biggest badass in this company. And it's like, she just beats her up for six minutes. And it's like, hey, you want a title shot? I absolutely don't. You know, I, <laughs> And maybe this is somewhere down the line. We're going into the beginning half of next year. It's like, okay, what's next for Sherry when she eventually drops that belt, which we all think she's going to at the end of the year to Julian, rightfully so. Um, maybe this is a storyline that you continue because we talk all the time that whenever Saki Kashima decides to start throwing uh, kicks and forms, her stuff is really in there. So early kind of out the way prediction for next year, I think Saki Kashima eventually gets recruited to God's eye. I think that that's a pot and you can kind of maybe do a storyline there and it gives something for the two of them to do at the beginning part of next year. But that, that was just funny, right? I mean, it, you want com that was, it was comedy and then brutality. And then the main event, I think I even text you, uh, Mike and Himika are, excuse me, Himika, congratulations. You're the newest member of the 2020, uh, the 22 not to poi world world tour beatdown <laughs> because Himika just beat the crap. Out of poor not support, you know what I mean? It's like everybody's on this on this tour bus, you know what I mean? So overall, a really, really solid show. And again, if you have the time to uh to check it out, at least check out the uh the Saiyida match, the Izumi versus um uh Waka match and uh definitely the main event. I thought the main event was the the best match uh of the show. I mean, one thing I do love about Saki, and we talked about it last week, is her comic timing. She doesn't have to work at it. She's just got phenomenal comic timing. And that's what... So if we use the example of Fukukin Death, for example, one thing that I prefer in Saki to Fukin Death is Fukin Death, it's a routine that happens every match. Whereas with Saki, there's such a variety in there that it's... It's brilliant. Her fear of Suri is absolutely hilarious. And they have put it over um, by not having a one this title shot. She has never had a shot at the red belt. Never. So the fact that she is too, the fact that she is willing to forego this once in a life, quite literally a once in a lifetime opportunity for her to say to forego that because she's too scared. Brilliant. I love that. And that's why I, I think Saki Kashim is properly underrated. Um, let's move on then to uh, the Saturday show, which was from Corrigan Hall. The first IWGP Women's Champion Decision Battle first round. What a mouthful. Uh, from Corrigan Hall in Tokyo in front of 1,011 
people. So before we kicked off this card, Matt, we had the official reveal of the IWGP Women's Championship belt. Obviously, we'd seen the concept. Um, it was all over the match graphics and things like that. But having seen it in person now, Matt, what do you think of it? It looks beautiful. It looks exactly like the uh, the belt from the late 80s, early 90s that uh, whenever I see, I think of the late, great uh, Shinjiro Hashimoto. So mm. um, anytime I get to think of that badass of a wrestler and someone that exemplified, you know, what Japanese strong style fighting spirit pro wrestling is, that's definitely Hashimoto. So uh, I thought that was a nice kin because to me, that's exactly what it looked like. Mm, um, I thought that was a nice kin to, to harken back to, uh, you know, one of the many golden eras that New Japan had and a very good way to, you know, whoever, whoever comes out of that show on the 20th, as champion for them to uh, raise that that beautiful beautiful belt um uh, and we kicked off with a tag team match the Awenatai team of the aforementioned Saki Kashima and Ruwaka defeating the stars team of Momo Kogo and Hanan with Saki pinning Momo in 6 minutes and 24 seconds with the my emblem a decent little opener map yeah and we've seen Saki Kashima obviously she has the most dangerous move in all of professional wrestling with the uh, Kishi Kasai. But we've been seeing her <laughs> a- a- after the five star. I think this is her second win with the My Emblem. So, uh, yeah, a little more aggressive Saki Kashima getting that move back over because you forgot, you know, before uh, she became one third of the Artist of Stardom uh, tag champ, she was winning some matches with that move. And, like, oh, yeah, that's right. She has that. But, yeah, you know, the uh, match went under seven minutes. A really, really good way to uh, start off the show here in Cork and Hall. And this crowd was hot from start to finish they were into everything that they got here in Corkin. oh yeah absolutely really 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 solid crowd um i'd be interested obviously new japan have started doing shows one of which was today as we record actually um at Corrigan Hall with a cheering crowd. Um, apparently, by the way, Ren Narisa versus Tomohiro Ishii, apparently an absolutely fantastic match. So uh, I'll be definitely watching that. And it'll be interesting to see that, obviously, now the New Japan are introducing or reintroducing slowly um, applause, uh, sorry, non-clap crowds. I am looking forward to seeing those again in stardom um, because it's a shame that some of the best work Stardom has done is in front of clap crowds. Um, what did you give this, Matt? I had another gentleman's three stars. Absolutely same here. Um, match two then, another tag team match, the return of Tekla, the Donna Del Mondo team of Tekla and Micah defeated the Oeditai team of Starlight Kid and Reno with Tekla submitting Reno with a rather brutal looking Kumo Garami in seven minutes and 31 seconds. It is great to see Tekla back again, Matt. And for someone who has been out of the ring for a long time, she was injured before the five star. It doesn't look like she's missed a beat no not only that but you can tell as soon as she came out into cork and hall she took her first couple steps and then stopped and look around you can see the general joy that she has to be back you know one in stardom two back in cork and hall and three just back in wrestling you know it's t- taken away and, and unfortunately injuries happen all the time in any sport really in uh, any sport um and it's the fact that you see tackle that we thought she was going to get this nice you know run in the five star Obviously, it didn't happen. She was injured, so it was nice for her to uh, not only get back in this mat, uh, get you know, get back in wrestling. But she looked, yeah, she looked great here, and I thought that was a really good, smart booking decision by really highlighting her uh, in this match. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I thought she looked great. Her and Starlight Kid had some great moments. I think Tekla and Micah as a tag team uh, work really, really well together as well. Um, what did you give this one, Matt? Three and a half stars there, good sir. I gave it three and a quarter. I was slightly less um, high on it than you, but even so, it's an undercard tag match. The main focus was on Tekla, and I thought she did a fantastic job. And I'm looking forward after this and, of course, their opening match from the Tag League, I'm looking forward to seeing far more of it as well. The only thing that's saddening me is the fact that we didn't get Tekla in the five-star, because I would have loved to have seen some of those singles matches. Match three then, an eight-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Sayakamatani, Azumi, Lady C and Hina defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tamnakano, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama with Sayakamatani getting the pinfall over Waka with the Star Crusher in nine minutes and 12 seconds. And she held Waka up there for blinking ages, <laughs> Matt. Poor Waka. Yeah, getting not only that poor Waka. Where do they again? Cosmic Angels dance. Where was she? Yeah, I complained last week. They put her right <laughs> in the middle, so you can see her overshadowing Tam and Natsupoi. She was all the way in the back. Literally, you cannot see. You saw some arms flaring behind Tam's head, but uh, that was it. But yeah, poor Waka is right. But again, Waka just she looked great here. I thought all four teams they are uh, all four teams, all eight ladies, all two teams. They packed a lot in this match. It was like don't blink. But the majority of this match was kind of just the build-up for uh, Saya and, uh, and Mina Shirakawa. That was kind of the bulk and the foundation of this match, rightfully so. And then Saya Kamatani was like, yeah, you know what, Mina? You pinned me twice. I'm going to take your member of this team that everybody loves and everyone's going to want to see win. I'm going to hold her up in the air forever, and I'm going to drop her right on her head. And there was your story. Yeah, I must admit, we are getting really, really, really behind Waka. But the question is... When is she going to get that win? When, like, Friday. New York City, baby. <laughs> Someone was telling me she was born in New York City. She was indeed. That, that, so maybe that's where it is. But the fact, I think it's like a pre-show match. So I don't think it's going to happen here, happen there. But I mean, who knows? I might text you just to, just, just to you know, get you all riled up. And I'm like, Mina won. Or Waka won. And she, walk, she won with the top rope tombstone or some crazy <laughs> move just to mess with you. <laughs> I'd love we do to here. see that. We mess with each other. I'm like, yeah, she want, she want, I would like say some sort of crazy, like she won with the Von Air Claw. Like and Kylie Ray came up all bloody, like how like Fritz Von Eric did in the 60s. But how about that? I just I just said Fritz Von Eric and walk up in the same Jeepers Creepers. Honestly, no honestly. No one here on the Stardom cast. The comparison between the two, I mean, I am I am amazed that you are the first person to draw that comparison. Wakazuki Armor and Fritz Von Eric. I mean the similarities speak for themselves. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Wacker get her first victory in her hometown. I mean, when is the next opportunity she's going to have to do that? Um, she's been winless now for over a year, um, over 18 months, I think, in fact. So how long can you keep the momentum of this story of her being this lovable underdog baby face that just can't get the win? How long do you string that out before people start to lose interest in it? At the moment, people are really invested in Wacker and it helps that she's really good in ring and she's improving every match and she's just so damn likable. Um, but, you know, you need to have an end game inside. Obviously, she's not in the tag league. Um, so where do you go 
in terms of when she gets that first win. Is it going to be a dream queendom maybe? Um, in the opening, Ooh. you know, they'll do some sort of five-way to open the show so that everyone gets on the show. Maybe she wins that. Maybe maybe one of her roll-ups that always pop me, irrelevant um, of the fact that I know she's not going to win, it still pops me. Um, I I think it could be there. Where, where better to get your first pinfall victory than Sumo Hall? Yeah, and I mean, a lot of us thought, and especially me and you on this podcast, for the longest time, she would get her win over May Sakurai. Once May defected to go to DDM, that ship has sailed. I mean, can they go back and do it? You know, yeah, sure, why not? But I think that ship has, has sailed months ago. Um, and I thought that maybe that that's where it could have went, but we're just kind of just, you know, stringing things along. And then again, you remember she hurt her neck and she was out for quite a bit. And then you had had the five star as well. So that was delaying things. But yeah, she's just, she's just, again, she's so damn good in the ring and she's so darn likable that everybody just like, you know, we all just pull for her. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they do in a tag match where you don't expect it. Everyone expects it to be in like a singles, in a singles role. Maybe she does in a tag match where it's just like, oh, you know, and that, and then we, we have the walk and train rolling from there. But yeah, who knows? But again, it just shows you the great booking of stardom, all this fantastic stuff they have going on. And here we are talking about, uh, you know, about Waka getting her first win. So uh, it's a great job on the on the booking and a great job for, you know, Waka constantly delivering and give us that, you know, hope of hope every single match he has. Absolutely. Um, match four, then, the six-woman tag team match. The God's Eye team of Siori Mirai and Amisori defeated the Stars team of Hazuki Kogama and Saya Ida with Mirai getting the pinfall over Saya Ida when she beheaded her with a lariat in 10 minutes and 55 seconds. We'll talk about the match in a moment, Matt, but we are seemingly getting the return of the 10 million yen tournament on November the 19th. It said December the 19th on the subtitles, but Gold Rush is on November 19th from the Edian Arena. Obviously, this happened last year. It was won by my Hemipoi in that ladder match with Stars um, on the Osaka Super War shows. That I I really enjoyed that show. I think it was on December eighteenth or something like that last year, and um, it was where Momo turned on Azumi. Um, but it was a really, really good card. And obviously, that final match, that ladder match, you got Kogama doing that ridiculous. Um, crossbody uh, to out to from the ladder to the outside and then you got that moonsault from Mayu onto Micah as well so it looks like they're going to make this an annual thing uh, God's Eye Stars and Cosmic Angels have all thrown themselves into the mix um, it'll be interesting to see if we're going to get the same format as last year with a four team single elimination tournament and who that fourth team is Matt but I'm excited to see it again another ladder match in stardom sign me up yeah, I'm all for it. And yeah, you were right. It was uh, Osaka uh, Super Wars, December 18th. The reason why I know that is, is because if you turn to page 288 of your book, <laughs> Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th anniversary interview, <laughs> our good friend Rob Goodwin, I promise you that was not set up beforehand. This is our natural not. chemistry. <laughs> you will see that. Yeah, he was, as soon as you said, I was like, oh, I have the book right here. Hold on. Why he's going? I mean, I got to get the cheap plug in. Yeah, uh, ladder match. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, just... So and not only that, but you're going to have kind of like a mini six person tournament capping off with the ladder match. And then that is pretty much kind of your, like your free commercial to go into the, uh, you know, the triangle, you know, the uh, the, the, the six person uh, tag tournament. Uh, pretty much. It's like, oh, yeah, you like this. We're going to give you a whole tournament of it. Boom. There you go. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have it. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if if they do do a four-team tournament because the rest of the card so far for that pay-per-view is um, Azumi defending the high-speed championship against freelancer Momoka Hanazano. Hanazano? Hanazano. Nailed it. Yeah, it is now. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Um, and then we've got um, a couple of the Goddess of Stardom tag matches as well. You've got My Himi versus 7-Up, and you've got... Um, I loved, uh, We Love Tokyo Sports taking on Black Desire. So that wipes out Oedetai and Queen's Quest. So, uh, I mean, last year they had the Marvelous team, didn't they? Um, so maybe we have Prominence, maybe? Uh, prominence. Possibility. Stri- yeah, they strike me as a yeah. team that would love to uh, get down and dirty in a ladder match. So maybe we'll see that. Obviously, as I've already mentioned, Micah and Himika are already on that card. Um, I suppose it doesn't wipe out Queen's Quest, does it? I mean, there's only a Zoomy, so you could have um, Saya, Utami, Utami yeah. um, maybe Hina, Lady C. Um, yeah, sure, why not? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll get a little bit more information um, when we you when we have the pay per views. Yeah. I don't think as much as crazy Mayu is, we want to see her again. That's the day before the her versus Kari match, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. There's not a chance in hell yeah, that they are going to I risk Mayu so. in that match. Yeah, because, you know, she's like, ah, I'll just do 19. I'll be fine, you know? Yeah. No, oh, her, she no, will. No problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're just like, yeah, you know what? We kind of have, you know, again, we'll get to it uh, towards the end of this podcast. We have arguably the biggest match in the history of the company coming up. Maybe we'll keep Mayu away from ladders. Yeah, 100%. As well. Just maybe. Maybe she gets on the right bus. Just transport her in like one of those plastic bubbles so she can't. Just wrap her in bubble wrap, for God's sake. Like like Vince Russo. I can't believe I'm making a Vince Russo reference. Oh, Jesus. End of Nitro. Yes, I I do. Remember the end of Nitro came out in the Pope Mobile? That's going to be Mayu from now until the 20th. (laughs) Michael Cole in the coal mine. Oh, we're getting it all in here folks amazing 21,000 downloads now down to zero yeah absolutely <laughs> our subscriber our subscriber account just goes way down um but this match aside from obviously you know i hope that that is the gimmick that they have on gold rush if gold rush is to become an annual thing i like the idea the fact that it's not just your bog standard pay-per-view uh that's what i liked so much about osaka super wars last year um if that is the case, I hope this is the gimmick that sort of that continues that yearly thing. Though Rossi Ogawa is going to be massively out of pocket if he's spending ten million yen every year. Um, but overall, I thought yeah, this match was really good that's as well. A gimmick, Rob. Oh Rob, yeah, that's a gimmick. Yeah, uh, no. yeah. Come on, you know, you know how many you know how many five thousand dollar battle royals I've entered. <laughs> you know what I mean. Have you ever won one? There's thirty. There's, well, there's thirty people in the crowd. Nobody's making that payday. <laughs> oh no! But yeah, the match is great. And the, the one, the, my one big note of this match is we got a little tease of Hazuki and Shuri. Um, and that was kind of maybe a dream that I had going. We were getting towards the end of the Cinderella tournament. Is if Hazuki won and challenged Sherry. So that's obviously a singles match that I think everybody wants somewhere down the line, um, whether, you know, Hazuki's the white belt champion or it's just a, a regular singles match. But I thought there was some really, really good chemistry with the two of them. But yeah, overall, this match was great. Of course, if you like Lariats, you're going to enjoy this match. But I had this one at a solid four stars. Really, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the Mariah and Saeed, a little sequence at the end, was really good as well. Um, seeing Mariah and Saeed throw lariats and chops to each other is always going to be entertaining. Um, and like I said, that final lariat that Mariah lands, Jesus Christ, I heard it from England. That's how hard she hit it. Um, but yeah, I gave it three and three quarters. I thought it was a really, really, really fun match. We then move on to our three really advertised and really heavily plugged matches, the first of which was a tag team match, the Neo Stardom Army of Nene Takahashi and definitely not alpha female Tropical Passion Mask defeated Donna Del Mondo team of Julia and Mei Sakurai with Nene getting the pin over Mei Sakurai, as we predicted with the Japanese Ocean Queen Bee Bomb, what a mouthful, in 11 minutes. Now, I did have to go back and check that this was definitely supposed to be alpha female in this match. Um, it, it was. Um, Nene does bring that up at the end of the match. I, I can't find anywhere why alpha female wasn't on this card. Obviously, it wasn't too bad because she was on the show the next night. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Tropical Passion Mask was uh, the same vibe at all, Matt. No, but I thought they, they worked well together. They kind of kept everything really, really simple. Yeah, and you kind of wonder because you find out like, oh, you know, Alpha Female missed this shot. Well, she's got the big match of Kari in the pay-per-view. The next day, it could have been travel issue. You know, you don't. We, we Again, speculation, we don't know. But uh, I thought this match worked really, really well. It did what it needed to do. It kept it simple, especially you're coming off a really, really hot uh, six-person match. And then you have your semi-main and main event you know is going to be, you know, two excellent matches, which obviously they were. So again, you just want to kind of keep this simple and uh, they kept it simple at everything, including the striking. Cause there was some stiff shots being delivered, especially from Julia and uh, Nene Takahashi. Potentially controversially, I actually preferred the exchanges here between Nene Takahashi and Julia. I preferred those exchanges to Nene's match with Suri at Stardom X Stardom. I don't know what it was about that match. I just think Julia has better chemistry with Nene than Suri has. And I might be completely on my own with that, but no, no, I, I see your point. I think a lot of, a lot of some of the Shuri uh, Nene stuff, especially to the head, you know, knowing what we know about concussions in the last 10, 12 years might've been taking it a little bit, a little bit too far. Again, I like strong style, hard hitting wrestling, but sometimes when you're doing stuff to the head, um, there's no, you know, you, it's, it's, uh, the trick is you're hitting hard in safe places. There's really no safe place to kind of hit in the head. And there was some stuff towards the end of that Sherry and eighth Takahashi match. Again, I'm a huge fan of the strong style wrestling. Where I was like, Ooh, that might've been a little bit too much where I think this, uh, the stuff with Julia and Nene was, was probably just, 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 just the right amount. So I, I'm totally on board with you on that one there, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought this was a good match. I thought it was yet another example of how far May Sakurai has come in the last couple of months. Um, she was always eating the pin in this match. I think everybody knew that. Um, and I just finished writing in my notes. I can't wait for the possible rematch between Nene and Julia. And then they me built, too. And, and then, then they, they built to it. it. Oh, how about me and you? I wrote in my notes, I'm like, man, I can't wait for this singles match. And like, they're going to give it to us in a coffin match. I'm like, I don't care what kind of match it is. Just give it to me. I'll be honest. I wrote my, uh, oh, building towards a Julia Nene match. Get in. And then Julia went a coffin match. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? 
And then she put, and then she puts Rossi Ogawa on the spot. She goes, "Well, Ogawa goes, and every and the, the over a thousand people in Cork and Hall all turn to him. I'm like, I guess the pressure's on. You know, the peer pressure's on me. Sure, I'll make it a coffin match." But uh, Julia goes, "I heard you're really good at coffin matches." And Nene just goes, "Am I? <laughs> Since <Yeah>. when?" <laughs> <laughs> to the I, match on Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> ah, part of the fabled streak. Um, I'll be honest; like, I would have much preferred just a straight-up wrestling match. Basically, sure. what they did in this tag match just extended to like fifteen minutes, something like that. But I mean, the fact that it's a stipulation probably means it's going to be on Stardom in Showcase. Um, am I am I a little bit disappointed in the casket concept? Yeah, a little bit. I can't really think of many casket matches that have blown the roof off a place. Um, but hey, it was the first time for everything, and I think yeah. I'm slightly, I'm slightly biased because the last time Julia was in a massive gimmick match was that awful, awful match with Natsukatora on the 10th anniversary show. So hopefully she can redeem herself because. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this match, I gave it three and three quarters. I really, really liked um, the stuff between Nene and Julia, as I've already mentioned. Um, the Tropical Passion mask was obviously Yuna Mizumori, a freelancer who we saw on New Blood 2 taking on Lady C. I wasn't a massive fan of her, if I'm perfectly honest, on that um, New Blood show because that was very heavily comedy-centric um, and it was sort of like comedy that didn't quite hit with me. But I'll be honest, in this match, I thought she did really well, especially as it looks like she was brought in at the very last moment because of uh, because of whatever happened to Alpha Female. So yeah, props to her because uh, I thought she did a good job here, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And I same uh, on board with you. I had it three and three fourth stars as well. I don't know if uh, Tropical Passion Mask will be a... Uh, will be a forever member of the Neo Stardom Army, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Match six, our semi-main event, was the IWGP Women's Championship first round match with Utami Hayashishta defeating Kimika with the hijack bomb in 11 minutes and 41 seconds. Now, Matt, I have realized why we are so bad at predictions. Um because if we'd have done even the smallest modicum of research, we'd have realized that Utami was, uh, sorry, Himika was already wrestling on the pay-per-view. As... That's not even... Oh my goodness, I didn't even look at that. I have a whole other reason why we were wrong, but go ahead, sir. I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. As was Momo Watanabe, who wasn't on that card already? Utami and Mayu. If we'd have just done... That this is why we are so notoriously bad at predictions. Because honestly, all we had to do was look at the card for the pay-per-view, which we did. We did directly afterwards. We previewed the show. How did we not notice? I'm just like, oh yeah, it'll definitely be Himika. No, of course it won't be Himika. Because she's already wrestling, you clown. But anyway, um, that aside, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this this is sort of a hard-hitting never open weight style match with the two women just laying into each other shoulder tackles slaps chops big suplexes that's all i want that is all i want i really 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 enjoyed this match matt yeah absolutely Nick. just to kind of hit the rewind button just a couple of seconds so another reason why we should have been able to figure out Utami versus Mayu, we were like, well, they're probably going to save Mayu versus Utami for a really big show. That's a big match somewhere down the line. So 
I'm looking at my phone and I'm going through the results. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And I kind of said out loud, they're doing Mayu and Utami tomorrow. I thought it'd be Mayu and Himika. And then, of course, the smartest person in the room, that's not saying much, by a country mile, <laughs> is my my wonderful wife, Amber. And she goes, well, you said they were setting up for a major match. When's the match? When's the match? I'm like, tomorrow. Like, Isn't tomorrow a pay-per-view? Don't you think they wanted to get some buys by doing Mayu and Utami on a pay-per-view? I'm like, yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so it's a good thing that we're an entertaining podcast, Rob, because when it comes to these predictions, we're not good at all. Not good at all. Sorry. I but, mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this match was absolutely fantastic. And this wasn't the first time these two ladies had a big tournament match in Cork and Hall, was it? Uh, no, in fact, the last time I believe that they faced each other was the Stardom Grand, their five-star Grand Prix final from 2020. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought, and they did, they, they kind of harkened back a little bit on the stuff there, but yeah, this was, this was great. It was just these, the two of them just going out, just throwing absolute bombs at, at each other. I thought Himika here looked great. Obviously, Utami looked great. These two have just really, really good chemistry together and uh, some really good near falls back and forth. Um, I, I thought uh, the Rainmaker that Himika hit on Utami, I thought was just, that was just brutal, just crushing Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it wasn't the last singles match. They had a singles match in the, uh, in the five star this year that I completely forgot about. And I've just remembered. Um, but yeah, the fact that they spent literally 10 minutes at the start of the match, just running into each other, um, a spot that has the potential to be a little bit tiresome after a while. It wasn't here at all because they literally threw everything at each other. It was really, really, really good fun to watch. Um, like Utami briefly tries to wear down Himika with the sleeper hole, but then launches her into the stratosphere with a release German suplex. Like it was a thing of beauty. This entire match, I mean, it only went 11 minutes. It was a sprint. It was a really, really good fun match. Utami eventually wins it. Hitting Himika with the high jab bomb is no mean feat either because Himika is substantially bigger than Utami. So that's really, really, really impressive. I gave it four and a quarter, a really enjoyable match, Matt. Yeah, same here. I had a four and a quarter as well. I was a big fan of uh, when Himika did the uh, Jumbo Sharuta style knee and she hits Utami so hard that Utami has to bounce off the ropes and he comes back with a big lariat. I'm a big fan of like that ricochet spot. So I thought that was that was great. But yeah, there was you just see a lot of strength you know, being put on Utami here with the with the German suplexes. And of course, yeah, the uh, she hits the torture rack bomb and then quickly follows up with a hijack bomb for the win. But yeah, same as you, uh, they're good, sir. Four and a one quarter star. So with Utami through to the pay-per-view tomorrow night, as we are talking about this show, match seven, the main event would see who would face her. It's the first round match between Mayu Utani and Momo with Mayu defeating Momo with... Just an unbelievable triple jump poison Rana in 12 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, incredibly serious and straight-faced Mayu comes to the ring. Uh, these two have got obviously a lot of history, and this is the rekindling of an awesome rivalry between this pair, and it was frenetic stuff once again. Momo Watanabe was such a good heel here. And Mayu is such an endearing babyface. We talked about with Wakasukiyama and with Sayurida earlier on, but people are going to bet on Mayu Iwitani or going to support Mayu Iwitani because she is just that lovable. But the fact that Momo was literally doing everything in her power to win, cheat, getting um, 
Starlight Kid to throw a Shining Wizard, um, getting Natsukatora to th- uh, pull the referee out, and then you've got Mayu kicking out of the Peach Sunrise. You know, nobody kicks out of the Peach Sunrise, or very, very few people kick out of the Peach Sunrise. So to get that spot as well, and you can see the comprehension dawning on Momo, and then there's that unbelievable spot at the end where Momo hits that wonderful desperation super kick into a chair into Momo's face and then hits it this flawless triple jump poison rana from the top which was a callback to their match I believe at the ninth anniversary when she hit it as well Christ alive absolutely brilliant the work that Momo does on Mayu's back I mean and she she hits it with a baseball bat and Jesus Christ she holds nothing back on it but you know, everything from that to the chemistry that they have, the throwbacks to previous matches, the fact that they just know each other so well is just, it It was brilliant. Really, really, really cool. Momo sidestepping Mayu's roll through dropkick and locking in a double lock, double wrist lock looked awesome. And then that's immediately followed up by Mayu ducking Momo's double Somato attempt off the apron. So she crashes into the rest of a tie. Just little things like that. It was one of those matches where it was just really, really good fun to watch. I gave it four and a half stars. I didn't think anything would beat it over the weekend, but I was wrong. A really, really good match, Matt. Yeah, again, once again there, good sir. Uh, I, I agree with you on, first of all, the star rating I had at four and a half as well. But again, they harken back to a lot of their previous spots. Obviously, these two have wrestled in Cork and Hall before. Uh, we talked about Utami and Himika. You know, last time they had a... Big singles match against each other in the same building was the finals of the five-star um, uh, two years ago in 2020. That the ninth anniversary show, probably my favorite match from Mayu's uh, second red belt run, was against Momo Watanabe. Yeah, and again, uh, just like how you said there, good sir, lots of really fantastic callbacks to that match. Um, this, again, it's just a different uh, Momo here because she's heel. And they she does a great job in the rest of Oedo tie. They do a great job pulling the ref out. So this way they don't get caught cheating, which uh, we'll talk about. I actually have two negatives, believe it or not, to talk about in the pay-per-view that we're going to cover here in just a moment. Um, pulling the ref out when uh, so this way the ref can't see you cheating is a uh, very, very big deal. And Momo and Starlight Kid do it fantastic, and it was fantastic in here. And, yeah, you see Starlight Kid coming in hitting a shining wizard, like a move that I don't think I've ever seen her do. But it's like this is her old – this is her big foe, you know, Mayu, basically – the two of them, Momo and Starlight Kid, that's kind of one of the, their biggest foes ever is Mayu. So they're really pulling out all the stops here to get Momo into the finals. But obviously, um, she gets the uh, super kick and then just the most beautiful reversed uh, Poison Rana I think I've ever seen and gets the win, not just because she got the three count, Rob, but because of the fact that Momo was booked the night before, the, the next night, and we didn't know it. <laughs> unbelievable yeah, absolutely sorry uh my girlfriend's just bought me a cup of tea so uh what oh that was so nice of her wow look at that what a peach what a peach <laughs> let's move on then to the pay-per-view the opening of the goddesses of stardom tag league 2022 from sunday the 23rd of october uh from arena takikawa in tokyo in front of a sellout again 2034 people and at the jml underscore um on twitter made this point which i thought was a really 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 good indication of the growth of the company um they've run this 
venue three times for pay-per-views so far this year. The first was for the opening of the Cinderella tournament, which did 928 people. Um, they did it again for the Midsummer Champions pay-per-view, which I believe was Shuri and Momo Watanabe um, at the top of that card. Uh, that was 1,204 people. And then we've got 2,034 here. And let's forget, let's not forget, there's no title matches on this card. And it's a tag league show, which, again, we talked about it last week. I apologize, Matt, as a tag team wrestler. I know this is hard to hear. Sure. No, 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 no. You're you're being honest. Absolutely. And I agreed with you. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you look at New Japan's tag league, and I know the stardom tag league is inherently better than the New Japan tag league. That's just the way it is. Um, But people don't care about that tour, unfortunately. It seems as a bit of a wind-down tour. So to get... A big crowd to this is fantastic. I know we moaned about the fact last week about the sheer volume of pay-per-views, and even though that's still a fair gripe, obviously Stardom are doing something right here. And we talked last week about Rossi Ogawa's interview in Monthly Puresu and how he said that the business in the Zin, the live touring, and he's proved it here. I mean, they've managed to grow from... They've over 100% growth from this opening of the Cinderella tournament to this. So, I mean, fair play to them, Matt. Yeah, I think it's just there's more interest in this tag tournament because everything is being built up. And again, let's, let's talk about the semi-main event and the main event. You know, you have Kari, obviously huge, huge star. Alpha Female is a big worldwide star. You know, she had that, that run over there in WWE and got over huge and I'll still never understand why they cut the legs out of her because she was getting over huge towards the end of that May Young Classic. And then again, we basically get a 24-hour rush, let's put it on pay-per-view, of Utami and Mayu. And obviously, it was an absolute home run because uh, you know the world was absolutely buzzing about the main event. And again, selling out a building over 2,000 people, uh, uh, unreal. Just unreal, the growth of this company. And I just, I just can't applaud them enough. Let's look first then at the two matches that were that were done before the broadcast. So Stardom did say, by the way, I just want to briefly tell everyone at home that this is now on Stardom World as of about an hour ago as we record. So this entire show is on Stardom World. So if you haven't seen it already, go and check it out. Um, but the dark match was a three-way match uh, with Momokogo defeating Wakasukiyama and Rina pinning uh, Waka with a roll-up in four minutes and 39 seconds. And then the pre-show match was um, the Fua debut match. Um, now, from what I understand, and I could be spectacularly wrong, so if I am, please let me know, but I believe Fua is a famous Japanese YouTuber. Um, this was her debut. She's been training with Hazuki, um, and they took on... Saya and Hina of Queen's Quest with Saya getting the pinfall with the Firebird splash in 14 minutes and 29 seconds. Now, these two matches were not broadcast on the pay-per-view feed. They also weren't broadcast on YouTube. Um, maybe they'll be on World. I don't know. Um, but from what I've heard of the FUA debut match, apparently Rossi was incredibly impressed by her debut. Um, the clip on YouTube has already got over 4 million hits. Wow. So wow. that's Unbelievable. huge. Like the Ant-Man trailer. That's like the Ant-Man trailer. Unbelievable. <laughs> so 
a huge thing here for both Stardom and for Fua, who, again, by all accounts, did a fantastic job. Saikamatani and Hina uh, both shook her hand afterwards and told her how well she'd done. Um, and she gave a sort of um, a promo to the crowd about how she'd broken a nail. So, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> but apparently a very, very, very good match. I will check whilst Matt is talking in a moment to see if that is on the world stream or if it was just the pay-per-view that missed it off. I don't know. that It might be a deal where it's only on her YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we opened the official show, though, with the Goddess of Stone Tag League Red Block match. Uh, we love Tokyo Sports getting two points, defeating My Fair Lady uh, with the O'Connor roll in five minutes and 23 seconds. Um, it looks, Matt, like My Fair Lady this year are apparently taking up the mantle from oil and water last year of being the team thrown together that simply cannot get on. Um, but whereas oil and water might have been perceived as subtle, you know, they're two sisters, they're from different factions, they don't get on. These two are making it glaringly obvious. May literally boots Lady C. Oh, sorry, Lady C literally boots May off of the apron. Uh, there is no love lost between these two, but it was it was an interesting dynamic between the pair, wasn't it? Yeah, there's something again. You're looking at all these tag teams, and we did we, we didn't really touch much upon on Lady C and May Sakurai, other than the fact that one they're from two different factions, and two they might have the best name of any of these teams in, in the in the tournament. But now it's like you have an interesting dynamic. Nobody expects them to get a whole bunch of wins in this tournament. But now it's like you have the interesting dy- dynamic of they're not going to get along. But here's my question to you. By the end of the tournament, you think that they're going to get along or you think they're just going to have, you know, then they'll do like a one-off singles match coming off this tournament. So that's an interesting thing to uh, to kind of look out for. And it kind of just puts a wrinkle, wrinkle on that on the team. I personally think that, it's more likely that we get a singles match out of the, out of this than any sort I, of yep, alliance, um, because the whole the whole gimmick between these two is that they don't get on, they don't want to be together, they've been forced together. So I imagine that's something that we'll see um, throughout this tournament. Um, however, what I will say about my fair lady is um, the great Carsey's foot is clearly under the ropes. Damn, Damn you. Damn you. Death hits an O'Connor roll on Lady C, but her foot is quite clearly under the ropes. Hashtag justice for my fair lady. What is this? I, I don't believe it. I do not believe it. Um, I'll be honest. I wasn't massively into this match and it wasn't actually because of my fair lady. Just the whole newspaper shtick, you know, it's the same gimmick as it was last year. Nothing's really changed. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not massively into it, Matt. Yeah. Gentlemen's three stars for me. I know you texted me. So you weren't a, a fan of the first two matches. Uh, I totally agree. Again, I, uh, I said, I have two negative things, you know, me, Mr. Positive, two negative things to talk about this pay-per-view and, we're about ready to roll into my first negative. So uh, whenever you're ready, sir. Yeah, um, I gave it two and a half. I just, I, I wasn't into it. But, you know, nothing nothing glaringly bad about this match whatsoever. It's just, it's my own personal sort of gripe about it. Um, 
Oh, I wonder what you could have as a gripe, Matt. Match two, Goddess of Stardom Tag League Blue Stars match. The Kawild Venus team of Mina and Saki getting two points, defeating the BMI 2000 team of Natsukatora and Ruwaka via DQ in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, Matt, would you like me to let you go on what you hated about this match? Sure. First of all, I'll talk about what I liked. I thought Ruwak and Tor, I thought that they worked really well together. I believe this was Tor's first match back from her injury, correct? 476 days it's her first match in. Look at that. I thought Mina and Saki, I thought they worked real well together. Obviously, Mina, they're doing a great job heating her up uh, for her title match next week. And uh, obviously, we were a little bit upset that we weren't getting pink kabuki in uh, in the tournament for reasons we you know talked about earlier in the show. But I thought her and Saki worked really, really well together. And I'm a big fan of Saki. Now, here comes gripe number one I'm going to have about this show. I have, again, I have no problem with cheating in professional wrestling. You cannot do it in front of the referee. It completely takes away the illusion. So Mina has the figure four on, right? So this is the part absolutely you want to cheat. We're heating up the figure four to get this. We're doing, Sarden's done a great job and Mina's done a great job getting this move over. So they take that lunchbox thing that, pardon me for saying the Lord's name in vain, I apologize to my sweet grandmother in heaven, but that goddamn lunchbox suitcase thing, and they smash it over Mina's head. And the ref turns around, and he sees this on Mina's head. Doesn't call for the bell. So you're telling me the ref is either thought Mina decided to put this thing on her head and put the figure four on her opponent. Or she decided to wear it like a hat. So that goes to tell me that whenever they were, and it's not the ref's fault, whoever's distracting the ref needs to get a signal over to the ref to say, okay, now you can turn around because the cheating is over. So then we get to the actual DQ, which they're choking out with, the, with it's like a sword, right? Is that what it was with a Taurus sword? It's um, like a pipe, basically. Okay. So they, now you see that. Now, Grant, that's where the DQ happened. But the ref starts counting as if they're in the ropes. It'd be one thing if they were just choking with their hands and like they have a five count to break, but they're using an illegal object. And he guys going one, two, three, and then he calls for the bell. Again, you're cheating in front of the ref. Now, again, we're supposed to call this as a shoe. So I'm going to give this example. Say me and Rob are having a soccer slash football match, right? Rob's team versus Matt's team. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Oh, no, I am extremely okay. intrigued by this. <laughs> okay. So it's Matt's team versus Rob's team. It was about a minute to go, and the score is tied. And you're going down the field, and you're ready to kick. You know, you've got a breakaway. You're ready to kick this into the, uh, the, soccer, the soccer net, right? And I come up right behind you, and I kick you right in the wiener. But I do it in front of the ref, and it doesn't get called. The crowd is going nuts. Now, obviously, you have the baby face sympathy because you just got cheated. But where's the more of the heat going? Is it going to me because I committed the foul? Or is it going to the ref because it happened in front of them and they didn't call it? Now, we see it all the time in the NFL and college football where blown calls happen all the time. And the heat immediately goes on the ref. Do you understand what I'm saying there, Yeah, right? 100%. Okay. So that's where the heat is going to go. Now, Grant, I'll have a little bit of heat because what I did to you was wrong. But it did it in front of the ref and didn't call it. Now, here's something else that I'm going to say. Who is drawing tickets? Is it the heel or is it the ref? So you want all the heat to go on the wrestler to heel, but now it's gone on the ref. 
I don't think people are paying money to see the ref blow calls. So you kind of take away that dynamic. I thought I literally had this match, Rob, at three and a half stars. I pretty fairly well enjoyed it. I thought everybody worked well together. I thought it was going well. But when you cheat and you do it in front of the ref and there's no repercussion for it, that to me, that just kind of that, that just kind of takes it out, takes it out for me. And to me, I dropped it down to three stars. I thought the Minasaki stuff, again, we all want to see Mean and Yunagi as a team. Mean you had them pegged going pretty far in this tournament or even winning it, but we get Saki as a replacement. And about halfway through the match, I was like, darn, you know, Saki and Mina, they work really, really well together. I'm excited to see what they're going to do in this tournament. But when you do the two back to back, now, Grant, they did eventually call for the bell, but it was about three seconds too late. You, you, you can't be doing that. I hope the way I explained it, to everybody just basically goes to show where my gripe is coming from i think so um and i'm, I'm gonna do the same i'm gonna start with some positives i think the way that wild venus didn't come out initially because they've been blindsided by bmi 2000 backstage thought that was a really inventive way of opening the match yes um mm-hmm. tora hit a bloody swanton from nowhere i was like where the hell has that come from um, Mina attacking the Neotora makes perfect sense. Obviously, that was the big injury that's kept Tor out for over a year. Now, I literally had, in not as many words, but I had the exact same issue with you about the referee because he turns around, not only is Tora basically still got the box in her hand, but there's bits of this box everywhere, which he then gets rid of. So it's like, well, what do you think has happened? Um, you know, you're sort of getting rid of that air of disbelief, which is unfortunate to be perfectly honest. But then on top of that, we've then got this ridiculous DQ. Now, I, me and Chris used to do this podcast during the last Goddess of Stardom tag run, not the last one, sorry, the 2021, um, where Natsukatora got herself DQ'd in every single match. And it was in the same way and it got really repetitive and it was DQ for no reason. And it was just, it was one of those reasons that Oweretai were, in my mind, by far the worst faction heading into 2021. And then it continued and just, they seemed directionless. They weren't getting heel heat. They were getting go away heat because they just seemed to have no direction. Now, by the time Tora went off with the injury, they turned it around spectacularly. I mean, that match with Utami was one of my most anticipated matches. If this is going to default back to getting DQ'd every match for no reason, I will scream. Because it seemed like we were just stuck in this loop of just ridiculous, nonsensical DQs. And if we get that again, when Oedetai have come so far since that disastrous opening to 2021... If we're defaulting back to that, it's just such a waste. Now, if, and I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here, if it's reverting back to the de facto way to start tactic, I've already said, it's really, really, really bad booking. However, if this is a one-off because Mina has done too much damage to Tora's knee and Tora to save face has lost via DQ as opposed to losing via submission or pinfall. Ooh, I like that. Then that is a far more compelling story. That works a lot better. And I'm sure we'll see over the next couple of weeks whether that is the case or whether we're just defaulting to the most boring incarnation of a Weather tie. 
I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this because that's the narrative I've made up in my head. And that fits better than just having to, you know, endure what, seven matches of a weed time nonsense for absolutely no reason. Uh, I gave it two and three quarter stars. I couldn't give it three stars simply because of just the amount of stuff that didn't make sense in the match map. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was gripe number one. And Rob, we go into right into gripe number two. Um, oh. Would you like me to uh, continue, sir? Oh, wow. Match three. Goddess of Stardom Tag League Blue Block match. O2 line. Azumi and Miu Amasaki getting the win over Wingori with Azumi getting the Azumi Sushi in, uh, in seven minutes and 49 seconds. You had a gripe with this match. Intriguing. Well, hold on. Not the match. Hold on. That's, so, okay. So, obviously, I went over my gripe over the last match. And I'm sitting there on my couch, lot when I want this four in the morning, whenever watching this live. But I know everything, Rob, is going to be all right. I know for a fact everything's going to be all right because the graphic of this match comes up, and there's a person in this match that in their theme song they tell you everything is going to be all right. <laughs> and gripe number two is they do not come out to that theme. They come out to Saeeda's theme, which is really good. Don't get me wrong, but I needed that assurance <laughs> of spelling Hannah's name and for someone to tell me that everything was going to be all right. That is my second gripe I have of this show. But this match was really, really good. I love it. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do come out to Sayuri's theme, which is a shame uh, in the grand scheme of things, especially <laughs> as we were so close to getting the big four doing that metal version of it. But uh, <laughs> There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a solid tag match. I mean, it answers my question from last week about where Hannah should go next. She should be a part of Wingori and they need a tag run. Um, maybe not with the belts, but they need a solid tag run because Wingori are a really, really good tag team. Now, I know that obviously it's a bit tricky with Hannah still being in school. But even so, whenever it's possible, put her and Sayurida together because they've got such great chemistry, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I thought Miyu Amasaki, and obviously Izumi is the star of this match, um, but I thought Miyu and Izumi uh, w- worked really, really uh, well together. And I'm really excited to see what they do in this tournament. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I thought Wingori was great here. Uh, Izumi, obviously the big star of the match. I thought Miyu, her parts in the match were absolutely perfect. You know, the pieces of the puzzle she needed to fit in, fit in flawlessly. I thought this was a really, really solid match. I had it at uh, three and a half stars, actually. Yeah, I think Miu looked really good. I mean, she's been away from the ring for a while. This is her first match since the end of August. Um, And presumably in that period, she's been training um, and she looked a lot more accomplished, a lot more calm. I think there was a couple of matches where she was a little bit too eager to get into spots. And it was something that Momo Kogo had initially as well. Um, but she looked really, really good here. And having someone like Azumi with you as well, who is a veteran at 20 years old or whatever she is, which is ridiculous to say, but I imagine is only going to help. Um, I really enjoyed the back and forth between Azumi and Sayurida with dueling Idabashis and Azumi Sushis. Thought that was really good. Uh, I gave it three and a quarter. My only grab, wish Wingori had won. That's my only grab. It's not really 
really a gripe. It's just personal preference. But even so, a good tag match. Um, O2 line get their victory. It's one that I don't. I don't think they're going to get many victories. If I'm being brutally honest over this um, over this tag tournament, so it was nice to see them get a win. But I just wish Wingori had gotten the win because I just love Wingori. Um, match four then was a Goddess of Stardom Tag League Red Block match with Karate Brave and Black Desire ending in a time limit draw of 15 minutes. Now, Matt, we went 90 matches in the five star without a time limit draw. Rossi Ogawa managed four matches, four matches of the tag league before we had a time limit draw, which really, really made me laugh. He must have been busting a gut to give us a time limit draw. But that side, love this match. Really, really, really love this match. Yeah, not only did he give us four matches to the time limit draw, the night before he booked us a casket match as well. So who knows what's going on? Oh, imagine a casket match time limit draw. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness, folks. There it is. (laughs) Rob has now put all your money or zero money on time limit draw for that truly. Oh, gee, can you imagine? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, anyway. uh, Yeah, this match was great. And this was kind of, I think me and you kind of uh, predicted that Momo and Starlight Kid would get the win here with obviously uh, Inaba eating the fall. But that just goes to show you how much that they that they believe in her, that here's her first really you know, kind of big match with the company on a pay-per-view teaming with the world champion, that they didn't beat her. Not that they not beat her, but her run towards the end, like obviously she took the heat, makes sense for Sherry to you know kind of come in and uh, get the hot tag and kind of you know uh, bump and feed Momo and Starlight Kid. But her... Her towards the end on Starlight Kid, and I think she had. I think even when the time limit expired, didn't she have Starlight Kid? I uh, in the ankle lock. Oh no, she hit it with the penalty kick or something. So she was kind of up on her as the bell rang. So they did a really good job getting her over. And how about that three uh, D into the knee um, from Sherry and uh, and Inaba? I thought that was absolutely brutal. And I'm so excited. I knew they were going to be a good team. I figured, okay, these two have very similar styles. Uh, they're, they're going to be a really, really solid team here. But my expectations were blown completely out of the water. I thought that uh, they looked great. Obviously, Momo and Starlight Kid, one of the best tag teams, and all of Stardom, they were absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I had this at four stars, and I hope that they run this back somewhere soon and they give it more time. Exactly the same. I gave you four stars. Um, uh, Inaba stole the show for me. In terms of tag league matches, I thought she was a massive Stand out, and obviously, I don't know a great deal about Just Tap Out, so I can't speak to her stuff outside of Stardom. But honestly, this match, she was just such a star in the making. Her sequences with Starlight Kid, what a talent! Really, really, really enjoyable. Now, however, I just want to rewind it back to the start of the match because I can tell you, Matt, in no uncertain terms, that if I attempted the Karate Brave entrance sequence, I would throw my back out the moment I started. It was quite the entrance, um, talked possibly only by Meltier later on in the night, but um, oh. <laughs> which we will talk about. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But overall, this match was hugely enjoyable. It built a great pace to a crescendo of that time limit draw of Inaba and Starlight Kid literally just beating seven shades into each other. It leaves possibilities open down the line, which I love. It also gives Black Desire an odd number of points, which, as we know from these tournaments, proves pivotal down the line. So that one point, that odd number of points, 
could be the difference between them and say, um, who is it they're facing on the final night? Did I say? Um, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Just let me go back to my notes. They've got Julia and Tekla. So that could prove very, very pivotal going forward. But altogether, I thought this was a really good match. Probably the best tag match of the night. Brilliant match, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah, fan- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm reiterating. Yes, fantastic. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match five, Goddess of Stardom Tag League Blue Block match. My Himmy got two points, defeating the New Eras with the Michinoku driver in nine minutes and 12 seconds. Big fan of these two teams just throwing each other around, Matt. Yeah, I thought this was great. Uh, I thought the buildup was great. We talked about how if you just keep doing shoulder tackles, uh, we, we talked about Micah versus, um, excuse me, Himika versus Utami uh, from the Cork and Show the the night before. Sometimes it can be tiresome. They started out with a tag team uh, shoulder tackles going back and forth. They didn't waste any time. My only gripe with this match is it was just starting to get built up, and then they went home. It was almost like they were getting ready to build up for the falsies, and the ref was like, oh, you got to take it home. And then Himika, excuse me, Micah just hit the discus Larry and the Mijinoko driver. So he, he said it went, went about, what, nine minutes? Nine minutes and 12 seconds, yeah. Yeah, if they would have went like closer to like maybe 10, 50, 11, 11, 10, if they would have gave it maybe about a minute, a minute and a half more where maybe you could have shined up um, Mirai and Amisori up a little bit more to build up for the finish. I thought we would have got a little bit more out of it, but I still thought it was great. I thought it was solid. Um, just these four teams just beating the crap out of each other. Yes, please. I just wish again, I just wish it had about another, you know, anywhere between 60 to 90 seconds to build up for that finish. But I had it at three and three fourth stars. Yeah, same rating as me. Um, overall, the match was good. I, I did feel cheated out of a minute or so, same as you. I just, I think it's just because I think these two teams have really, really good chemistry with each other. You know, it's just two teams hitting each other hard, which is why I like. The Tower of Doom spot was really enjoyable, but overall, I think Amisori deserves a special mention because out of these two teams, she's potentially the one that gets sort of overlooked, especially in God's Eye because of Mirai, obviously, um, Himika and Micah, big names in stardom. But I thought Amisori did a fantastic job in the ring in this match. She was great in both offense and defense. And it's no mean feat muscling up the likes of Himika and Micah. And she did it like it wasn't an issue. I thought it was a, another really, really, really good showing for her. Um, I still think the new eras are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the tournament. Maybe not getting through to the final because obviously we both think that Micah and Himika are going to be the eventual winners. Um, I gave it three and three quarters. A good match. It could have been better had it been given the time to breathe. But again, it's a tournament match. Maybe they will run this back at some other point, especially if Micah and Himmika get the uh, tag belts. Um, Ooh, yes, yes. Seeing them two and the new eras go for it for the tag belts, giving them 15, 16 minutes, that could be very, very tasty. Match six then, Goddess of Stardom Tag League Red Block match. And we talked about entrances, Matt, in the previous or the previous to the previous match. Um we've got two here. Mafia Bella, Julia, and Tekla getting two points, defeating the tag champs Meltier with a as of yet unnamed submission in 10 minutes and 53 seconds. So Matt, let me paint you a picture. I love it. I mean, let's first of all, let's start with Mafia Bella entering like the Sopranos. Absolutely incredible. Thought it was really, really good. They meant business and they looked 
badass. The very definition of badass. In fact, if you look for badass in a dictionary, you'll see a picture of this entrance. Now, we then had Meltia's entrance. Um, now, <laughs> for those who don't know, Meltia are Natsupoy and Tam Nakano. Now, they now have a new theme. Um, in some of my weaker moments of teaching, I allowed myself to teach music, Matt. Um, now, for those who don't know, in America, uh, when you teach music in, Engl in uh, England, you have a keyboard. And the keyboard has effects on it. So you can turn on the effects and every key has a certain effect. Um, I don't know if you have that in the US, but in the UK, that's how it is. And I'm sure if I went, DJ, everyone in the UK will go, oh my God, it's like being at school again. Because once that effect went on, you pressed one key and it just shouted the word DJ over and over again. There were an absolute multitude effects on this keyboard. Meltier's new theme, the start of it, started like someone leaning on a keyboard and all of those effects happening at once. Honestly, I was like, what the hell is happening? It started, Then it kicked into like a decent song, with, but then we had them come out and it became like this concert. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, I know that you loved it because it's Tam Nakano, but I don't think there has ever been a bigger juxtaposition between two entrances than the deadly serious Sopranos entrance of Mafia Bella and this all-out cosmic angels fanfare that we had from Meltier. Like, what was your opinion on this, Matt? Literally, I know, and folks, me and Rob literally text all the time. I probably talk to Rob via, I definitely talk to Rob via text more than aunt, more than my tag partner, more than my parents, more than my wife, more than my daughter. And I promise you, we did not rehearse this. Literally, my first note is, boy, what a concept of, of entrances. You have Julia and Tecla coming out like they were shot out of a Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> and then Tam and Natsupoy like they were being shot out of a Disney princess film. Literally two completely different entrances. Um, wasn't sure of the theme. Obviously, when Tam comes out, you know you're going to get the, uh, you know, her theme or you're going to get the Cosmic Angels theme. So I was like, oh, it's kind of taken aback that we had a new theme that uh, halfway down the aisle, Tam and Natsupoy were singing and they've gone on record saying they want to be more than just wrestlers. They want to be idols and they want to like do like some sort of touring for like singing and whatnot. So I don't know if that's Tam and Natsupoy's words like is that them singing because they were singing the music as they were coming down to the ring so i don't know if like that's like their song so i don't know but uh yeah definitely two different uh entrances but uh once the bell rang folks uh it was on for that that's for sure um it was different i think that yeah it <laughs> it, it looked like someone had just spliced out a scene from frozen um but even so Whatever I didn't get about the entrance of Melty, I thought this was another really, really, really good match. Again, we waxed lyrical about how good Tekla looked um, when she re-debuted, re came back after injury at Corrigan, and she was fantastic again here. But the star for me in this match was Natsupoy. The emotion in her during this match is just incredible. And it takes a lot to have different levels of emotion in the same match. But... You've got the emotion she feels towards Julia, the fact that she turned on Julia to join Cosmic Angels, but Tekla was injured. So it's really interesting to see how Julia and Tekla 
treat Natsupoi differently. And then you've got the desperation to prove herself in Natsupoi to show that she can do it without Donna Del Mondo. And then you've got the real raw anger emotion of Tam and Julia. And those two different types just worked really, really, really well in this match. And then to top that off, Natsupoi, as is her want at the moment, gets ringed up in this brutal submission from Julia to finish the match. This was, again, a fantastic match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually gave it four and a quarter stars. I thought they had really, really, really good chemistry. And again, I thought Natsupoi was the star, Matt. Yeah. Um, I, wow, you actually liked this better than I did. I had it at four stars. I absolutely loved it. And I loved Tam and Natsupoi's interest because it's Tam and Natsupoi. <laughs> and the, the more the more crazier it gets, the more I'm all about it. Like, you know, they now they, they had the crowns and they have like the wedding dresses and now they're singing their own theme. It's like, just get, give me all of it. You know, just have them throwing Skittles into the crowd next time. I don't care. Get, get, <laughs> give it all to me. But uh, my one very, very small gripe uh, with this match, and didn't take away, was they started with Tekla and Natsupoi. So I thought, okay, Tekla, very early on in this match, is going to join the 2022 uh, Natsupoi Beatdown World Tour. And uh, then they just, like, wrestled for a little bit and tagged out. And then Tekla really didn't beat up on Natsupoi. So I don't think she's joined the tour just yet. Uh, obviously, there's still time to join the tour. But, uh, yeah, that finish, uh, Julia won a match. I forget who it was. Well, she won each and every one of her five-star matches with a different move, but she beat, it might have been Hana. I forget what that say. It's basically an Indian death lock into like a front chancery. So it's like you kind of have you tied up on the feet. You can't go anywhere. And then I'm going to choke you out. So uh, I'm a really big fan of that. And a big fan of how Julia is just um, constantly coming up with different ways to uh, to win matches, which I think is going to build up nicely to her match with Shuri at the uh, end of the year. But yeah, the, obviously these two teams work very, very well together. But um, uh, the uh, the big key here is Tam versus Julia. I mean, that's a few. Again, we just saw the match a few weeks ago. It's a it's a few that will just will never go away. Will always be interesting. Will always draw money for stardom. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about match seven then, which was the final one of our Goddess of Stardom Tag League run. This was from the blue block and saw the seven up team of Nene Takahashi and you getting two points and defeating the reigning Tag League champions, Fukuoka Double Crazy, when Nene pinned Kogama with the refrigerator bomb in 12 minutes. Um... What was your opinion of the seven up team, Matt? I've never seen you wrestle before, and I thought she was fantastic. I thought her and Nene were were great together. I made mention um the shows leading up to this that uh Hazuki and Kogama had better chemistry going in than they did last year, and they won the tournament. They had some new double team moves that we saw on the shows a couple weeks ago, and their timing, even though it was great before, was even better. Um, so I kind of figured that they were probably going to steal the show and will, will probably come out of this tournament as the MVPs. And I know you mentioned the uh, Karate Brave versus uh, Momo and Starlight Kid was your favorite tag match. This one was mine. I absolutely wow. love this match. I thought this was my favorite tag match of the show, my second favorite match of the show. I thought um, both these teams worked really, really well together. And as much as we want to see, a, we're going to get a Nene versus uh, Julia match. 
I'm down for her versus Suzuki because they had very small exchanges against each other, but they were booting the heck out of each other and had really, really good chemistry. But I thought this match was was really good. And again, you, who I know very, very little about next to nothing, I was super impressed with her. Um, and uh, I thought that I was a big fan of how they got rid of, you know, Suzuki was always coming in and making the save for Kagama. And then eventually you just picks her up and just gorilla presses her to the outside to, to basically isolate uh, Kagama, which when, you know, you see the former red belt champion put away, um, you know, the high speed genius. But I thought this was this was this was great. These two teams worked really, really well together. I had it four and a quarter stars. I gave it three and three quarters. I thought it was a real I thought it was a really, really good match. Same as you. I've never seen you wrestle before. Um so this was a little bit of an education for me. I thought she did tremendously well. Not entirely sure about the uh, the dropping down and the steamroller out of the ring. Um, that was that was an interesting. I thought she'd fallen over initially, um, but yeah, that was that was a bit strange. But apart from that, I thought the match was really good. I thought Nene and Hazuki, as you've already mentioned, had tremendous chemistry with each other. Hazuki seems to be on an absolute tear at the moment. She doesn't seem to be able to have a bad match. So whenever she's in the ring, it is a highlight of a show. The fact that Kogama didn't engage in the comedy stylings, I think, proves how seriously they took this match. Um, I know that a lot of people were a bit skeptical of Nene's selling, but I thought, especially with Hazuki, Nene sold really, really well here. Um, overall, a good showing for the Neo Stardom Army, who, you know, obviously we've got this storyline at the moment of them coming back to defeat these these upstarts these new people from stardom so to see uh, they need to be kept relatively strong and i thought they did that here so a good match a good match to uh, to start their tournament match yeah, 8 absolutely. then the first of our IWGP Women's Championship Tournament semi-finals. Uh, it saw Kyrie defeat Alpha Female with the insane elbow in 12 minutes and 24 seconds. Now, this was a divisive match, wasn't it, Matt? I've seen people on Twitter talk about the the goods and the negatives of this match. And, you know, you can go on to social media to find them. What was your opinion of this? This match had one of the greatest moments uh, I've seen in stardom this year. Um, this by no means was this what we're going to talk about. Now was it Mayu versus Utami? But this is now Kyrie. Since she's came back, she has this aura about her. Even before she came, she always has this aura about her. But like she's coming back when she came when when she came back uh, back in March, she's just elevated. You know, she's always the favorite going in matches. Well, this was completely different because you have the bigger, stronger, more dominant alpha female. And alpha female has a completely different look than anybody on the roster. She's bigger, stronger, tattoos. She's got the the dyed mohawk, uh, whole nine. But here's what I'm here again. It's not always about the moves and matches. Sometimes it's about moments. And this is what I'm going to try to get at. So alpha female is dominating Kari, dominating. And obviously, alpha female speaks you know perfect English. And she yells really loud as Kari's just getting ragged on and beat up. Come on, Kari, where's your passion? And Kari just flips. Her facial expressions right in that moment, the camera caught her perfect. She, 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 excuse me, she switched to a completely different gear. And if you remember, Rob, when we back in the when we did the Patreon for the uh, Kyrie's white belt um, retrospective, again, you can you know go back and listen to it. That we talked about like her crowd psychology and her facial expressions when it comes to going into a different gear 
is completely different than 90% of the current wrestling roster, not just in Stardom, but just in wrestling. And it was at that, that moment where Kyrie and passion a very, it's a very, it's a very big word. I mean, there's things that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about that. Our listeners are passionate about the fact that alpha female was questioning Kyrie's passion, Kyrie's passion for wrestling, Kyrie's passion for stardom, even Kyrie's passion for the IWGP women's championship to become the first one just in her yelling that. And again, you go look at Kyrie's face. She's like, are you kidding me? So she gets up and she starts throwing forearms that again, uh, alpha female Jazzy Gabbard is like, come on, that's all you got. Hit me harder, hit me harder. And then Kyrie has to switch to another gear. They go back and forth and they have a pretty solid ending. I like the way it finished with, uh, you forget that alpha female took the corner post off as a heel would do. And ultimately it backfired. Uh, you know, you know, that's the way it's kind of supposed to go. I'm going to cheat with this thing. And I kind of, you know, screw myself out of the finish. And then of course we see Kyrie hit the beautiful insane elbow. Again, was it Mayu versus Utami? No, we know it wasn't going to be, but we saw a completely different savage Kyrie that we have not seen in a long, long time. And it's a place that she needed to go to, to get this win. And I thought alpha female Jazzy Gabbard was the perfect person to do it. So just in that sense, because of that, because of that moment in that match where Kyrie had to go to a different gear, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I'm with you. Now, you've already mentioned, you've already hit the nail on the head. Was this a five-star match? No. Was it ever going to be a five-star match? No, of course it wasn't. What we needed was a match that saw a big, dominant heel get toppled by a babyface. An alpha female played that perfectly. She was a tall, imposing figure that Kyrie had to dig deep within herself to beat. We knew Kyrie was going to win. We knew that we were heading. Deep down, everybody knew that Kyrie was winning this match. So Alpha Female had to come across as this dominant person. Was there flips? No. Was there huge spots that were death defying? No, but that's not all that wrestling is. Ultimately, what you had here was a massive baby face taking on a huge monster heel with the baby face coming out on top to go on to face one of her best friends in the final. It's the perfect way this could have ended. And if you went in with higher expectations, then absolutely fine. But for me, this did what it needed to do. And ultimately, the main event more than made up for it in star quality, as in match rating star quality. I gave this three and a quarter. It did exactly what it needed to do, Matt. I had it. I had it right around three and a quarter, but I bumped it up that quarter star just for that whole Kyrie, where is your passion? Just what I mean, anybody, you know, they can say, what, Rob, what is your, you know, if you're on the, the soccer football field and you're kind of dogging and you're kind of tired and somebody, you know, your opposing team says, hey, man, where's your passion? You're going to flip another switch. And that's what happened here. Well, yeah, but, you know, you can't just headbutt someone for talking to you like that, which is unfortunately what our team yeah. tends to do. <laughs> well, there, well, there you go. And now we know why Rob's picks are always so bad. He says, man, can you touch this with me, folks? <laughs> uh, speaking of that Mayu versus Utami match, we move on to the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament semifinal. Mayu Iwatani defeating Utami Hayashishta in 14 minutes and 51 one seconds what a match Matt what a yeah. match 
Yeah, I uh, I think I, I didn't. I know you didn't see the semifinals up until I think this match was over. Obviously, as soon as the I watched the semifinals on Saturday and I watched this live. I was kind of waiting for you to text me. I think you text me Sunday night. And you're like, yeah, I just watched the semifinals. I'm like, okay, you know what the finals are. And uh, I said, this to me was a five-star match and you Tommy's best match of the year. Now we have not, I have, we haven't talked about that since then. So hey, wait, we're here. We're on a podcast. This is good live audio. Was, do you agree with me? Was this you Tommy's best match of the year? Yes. Boom. Boom. There you have it, folks. There you have it. And the and uh, the fact that they hearken back. Now, the night before, again, we saw Mayu hit just that absolutely crazy, insane double springboard reverse Rana. The fact that she went for it again and then Utami was able to get out of the way. And then once Mayu turns around, she eats a vicious lariat. I thought that was great. And there was even a, little, a, a few callbacks to their uh, championship match in 2020 when Utami beat Mayu. So I thought that that was pretty cool as well. But yeah, these two just they work so well together. I don't think they've had a singles match. Uh, they haven't had a five-star match. Are they? I think the last singles match was that title match. Am I wrong there, Rob, off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I don't think they've had a singles match since. Yeah. And I, as much as I liked that match, again, there was like in front of like no people because of the pandemic. I absolutely love that match. Again, I, I covered it twice uh, on the Patreon when I did Utami's Red Belt Reign and Mayu's Red Belt Reign because one ended and one started. So I got to watch that match twice. Thank you, everybody, for voting. And I believe I had that at five stars. Uh, and this, to me, was five stars and was even better. And I liked how uh, Mayu, she, you could see she was getting frustrated towards the end. Like, she hit the crucifix bomb twice and couldn't put Utami away. And you can see, again, you talk about facial expressions. We talked about with Kyrie. The only person I think is better at, like, selling facial expressions in wrestling is Mayu. It's one of the reasons why Mayu is just you know so so good, and she was getting so frustrated she couldn't put the former champion away and the person that beat her to end that legendary run back two years ago that she had to go to the running three, and then after she hit the running three she had to follow up with two moonsaults. So it's like she emptied the cabinet and then Takumi Aroha's cabinet as well in order to get the win here. But it was the perfect perfect story. I thought this was this was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked as well, we didn't talk about it um, when we were talking about the Corrigan Hall show. Um, Post-match, Mayu called out uh, Utami ahead of this show and uh, they sort of shook hands and, you know, it was all very very jovial. However, we cut to this match and Mayu goes for the handshake and Utami just refuses. She is dead set. She's dead eye on this match. And I thought immediately that change of dynamic was perfect. Um, and then we kicked into this match. And I mean, what do you expect? It's 14 and a bit minutes of Mayu Iwatani versus Utami. It's absolutely brilliant. Utami absolutely obliterating Mayu's back before Mayu is able to just this ungodly um, resilience that she's got. And you can see the frustration building Utami as well. And then, of course, there's a wonderful moment where. Um, Utami goes for the sliding lariat and Mayu stops it with a drop kick and it's all so seamless and then after that they're throwing each other with suplexes and then of course there's that closing sequence that you mentioned before just everything clicked with these two there are some people who just fit well with each other and Utami and Mayu are two of those people it is a really 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 good match I do encourage you to go and check it out I gave it four and three quarters it just missed out on five stars for me it's one of my favorite matches of the year um do you still think Matt after this match after seeing the post-match then 
between Mayu and Kyrie, which birthed that fantastic photo um, that has adorned the front of Tokyo Sports. Do you still think Mayu walks away with the belt? Yeah, but I'm like 55, 45. Now, there's two schools of thoughts. I mean, really, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a win-win situation. It really, really is. Here's two schools of thought you have uh, that I have. And if I'm wrong, tell me that I'm wrong. Who is the bigger star going into this match? Now, for example, the first title defense of this IWGP women's belt, they already said it's going to be at the Tokyo Dome. So who's going to fill more seats going in? Is it going to be Kyrie or is it going to be Mayu? Now, don't get me wrong. I think Mayu is a big, big star. But on a worldwide scale, it's Kyrie because she had that, you know, WWE run. Um, and again, she was a bigger star even beforehand. So that's thought number one is who's the bigger star going into the match? Here's thought number two. If I'm at this Tokyo Dome show, which you know is going to just be absolutely fantastic because that's what Wrestle Kingdom is, who of the two is going to have the show-stealing match? Now, again, Kyrie, phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. I'm not taking that away from her. Mayu is on a completely different level than 99.9% of the wrestlers in the world today. So if you're like, okay, well, I thought Kyrie was going to be the champion, but whatever, I'm going to be here for the Okada J White match, and then you know maybe the rumored Omega Osprey match, whatever, yada yada yada. But then you see this Mayu Iwatani, like, yeah, I heard of her a little. And more than likely, Mayu Iwatani in the Tokyo Dome defending that belt for the first time, you're going to get a match like this. Your jaw is going to drop. So again, where do you go if you're stardom here? Do you go with Kyrie, the bigger star, or do you go with Mayu, the better wrestler? And again, I'm not saying Mayu is not a big star at all. She is. She's, I think Kyrie just slightly edges her out. And again, I'm not saying Kyrie's not a phenomenal worker. She is. I just think Mayu edges her out. So those are my two school of thoughts. Again, I'm 55-45 on Mayu. I would say the joke, I'm 55-44 and then 1% draw, but huh. maybe that's what I'll say. But anyway. Yeah, until they bring <laughs> in the, the casket the stipulation. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Imagine. Full circle, folks. <laughs> um, uh, see, the only thing for me is the IWGP Women's Championship and the SWA Championship are, are very similar in the way that they're going to be run, aside from the rules, obviously. But what are you doing at the moment with Kyrie? The whole point of bringing Kyrie back was, you know, she came back and she said, I don't want to be just a special attraction. I want to wrestle. And so far, she has been a special attraction. She's had a handful of matches. So do you then attach the belt to Kyrie, who is, as you've already mentioned, a bigger international star than Mayu? Um, and sort of have her wrestle, you know, elevating the brand of stardom around the world. You know, people know who Carrie is. Mayu is already going to be doing that in the way of the SWA belt, which, thank God, the borders are now open in Japan. It looks like you are able to return to the SWA, you know, people coming over and wrestling from for the SWA, guys and wrestlers coming over of people from America, the UK, and anywhere else to wrestle for that SWA belt. I just don't see Mayu holding both because with holding both those championships, she's not going to be wrestling on stardom shows, surely, because she's going to be in different time zones and on different shows and things like that. I'm coming round to it being Kyrie, Would I like to see it on Mayu? Absolutely. Would I be disappointed if it's Mayu? Hell no. But 
if Mayu is your SWA women's champion, I think Kyrie becomes the IWGP women's champion. Because ultimately, at the moment, she is being used as a special attraction. And she needs something. Because you're right, Matt. She walked into that match with Alpha Female and she felt like an absolute star. And there's very few people that have that natural aura and Kyrie is one of them. Okay? If you think about... If you think about Kyrie turning up at Dominion for that IWGP defense and you think about Mayu turning up, who is going to get more eyeballs internationally? It's going to be Kyrie. You know, Mayu is 100% going to put on the better matches. And I'm not just saying that because she's my favorite wrestler. She is. It's it's an undoubtable fact. Either way, it's going to be really interesting. Women. Exactly. November 20th is going to be a very, very, very interesting show. And that dynamic between Mayu and Kyrie is going to lead to an absolutely stellar match. Certainly Kyrie's best since she's been back. Um, and Mayu, another one for her extensive catalogue, I'm sure. Um, I'm expecting a big, big match in... Uh, at the historic crossover show. Two quick questions for you, Rob. I know that we're running late, but I want to throw two quick questions out. Number one, is this the biggest match? In, and I know it's IWGP, but all it's essential purpose is the stardom match. Is this the biggest match in the history of stardom? Um, Considering the fact the role that they're on, Kyrie coming from the biggest wrestling company in the world, Mayu, again, show stealer after show stealer after show stealer, the, I, I may not be the greatest start a match of all time. I think me and you agree that EO uh, versus Mayu, um, you know, their uh, second match in the trilogy. I think mm-hmm. that's me and you both settled on that one. But I'm talking about is this because it's going to be in front of 15, you know, rough. I mean, a building that can seat 15,000 people where you have the juggernaut like New Japan, New Japan behind it. So is that's what I'm saying is number one, is this the biggest start a match of all time? And number two, I'm looking at the card for the 20th. I know it's not completely fooled out filled out is this the main event for that show wow it, it could be i mean again we should have guessed it wasn't going to be utami she's already on that show um it's hard to say it's not the biggest i mean most eyes are going to be on this without a shadow of a doubt and then you know you look at that first defense that first time stardom is going to defend the title on a New Japan show in the Tokyo Dome in front of, you know, potentially 40,000 people. So even if this match isn't, what it represents could be 100%. Ooh, I like that. I like um, put that. Sir. Thank you. Um, I think if it's not the biggest match in stardom history, it's 1A, 1B. I can't think of a bigger one in terms of stakes, in terms of what it represents, in terms of eyeballs. And, you know, it's just the star. I mean, if you've listened to our interview with Kevin Kelly, if you haven't, please go and check it out. It's a fantastic interview. Um, You know, big things are in store for stardom, and this could be the very star. And if this symbolizes that star, then I don't see how it can't be considered the biggest match. Um. Moving on then, because we have gone over two hours, even though we didn't have a lot to talk about, I didn't think. (laughs) Turns out we did. Um, We're just going to preview a couple of shows and then sort of 
lead into what we're going to be talking about next week. Obviously, this week it's going to be Rumble on 44th Street. As you're listening to this, Rumble on 44th Street will be happening. We've already gone through the start and participation in that in the news segment. Um, on November 3rd, we've got the Hiroshima Goddess Festival, which is our latest pay-per-view so matt what i'm going to do is i'm going to read through this card and we're going to give our predictions because if we've learned nothing from this podcast it's that we are outstanding at predictions so we <laughs> <laughs> uh, the gauntlet tag man again this isn't a definitive order so it might not go in this order on the actual night when we're in the hiroshima sun plaza hall but this is what we've got at the moment so gauntlet tag match fwc versus sayurida and momokogo versus azumi and mio amasaki versus lady c and wakasukiyama and versus saki kashima and ruaka from a Tai. who do you have winning that gauntlet match matt Azumi and Miyu, just because uh, I think it'll put a little bit more shine on them as we uh, getting into the further dates of the tag league. Yeah, good shout, because there's only really, is there only them and Hazuki and Kagama who are actual teams from the tag league? So oh, that's a good shout. I was going to go between them and Sayurida and Momokogo. Um, for the sake of being different, I'm going to go Sayurida and Momokogo. You, you love that team. Absolutely. <laughs> um Six-woman tag match then, a one-time return for Konami, obviously Hiroshima native. So it is God's Eye, Mirai, Amisori, and Konami taking on DDM, Julia, Tekla, and Mei Sakurai. I mean, we've got God's Eye, surely. They're not going to have Konami losing her hometown. No, she's going to tap on Mei Sakurai. Yeah, 100%. Triangle Lancer, there we go. Um, so that means May Sakurai is going to be Konami. That's me <laughs> you agree on that. That's how that's going to go. Yeah, roll up in two minutes. Um, no, I think that's probably the lock of the show, I imagine. Um, we've got a revenge match. Yutami Hayashishita taking on Natsukatora, the match that should have happened and half happened in uh, Yokohama Budokan in July. Um, it would be stupid to go with anyone but Tora here, surely. Yeah, Tora's got to get the win here, and then you kind of just build this feud going up, and maybe they have to blow off um, at the uh, the end of the year uh, at the, the uh, Dream Queendom show. So, but yeah, Tora, Tora needs a win here to uh, get some momentum swing with. Uh, another special singles match, Mayu Iwitani taking on Alpha Female. Um, with Alpha Female having eaten the loss against Kyrie, um, I feel like this has to be an alpha female victory here. If you're wanting, as I've already mentioned in this podcast, if you want to keep Neo Stardom Army strong, it's got to be alpha female that takes this. You would think, we said that a week or two ago, but do you really beat Mayu on the way to what arguably is the biggest match in the history of stardom? So I, I'm going to say it's going to be Mayu. I don't think, I think you keep Mayu strong going up into the, uh, going up because that match is in two weeks. I mean, again, it, nothing really hurts Mayu because it's Mayu. But I just don't think you beat Mayu at all. Tag matches or anything going into that match with Kyrie. So I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to say Mayu wins. My only thing with that is, if that's the case, what was the point of bringing Alpha Female back? To have her eat two consecutive losses to both Kyrie and Mayu? You um, got a point. You got a point. We'll find out. We'll we find will. Out next week, my man. We will indeed. Um, next, we have got a singles match between Himika and Yuna Mori or Passion Tropical Mask, or whatever she was called in Corican Hall. Um, who do you have winning that one, Matt? 
I hate Micah. Lariats. Lariats for, lariats for days, buddy. Yes. Or minutes. Absolutely. Um, we've then got a Goddess of Stardom championship match. Smack dab in the middle of the Goddess of Stardom tag league. So not exactly great planning, but there we are. The champions, Meltier, taking on Black Desire. Um, this could go either way. Like, I know it would seem daft to take them off Meltier at the moment, especially as, you know, there seems to have been a lot of building of this team as this united front. I am going to go with Meltier, but I wouldn't be surprised if Black Desire win them. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a title change here, but I'm going to have to uh, go with my heart and go with the uh, team of Tim and Natsapoy, also known as Dave Meltier. See what I did there? Oh, mate. Honestly, outstanding. <laughs> We've been podcasting a long time, haven't we? <laughs> Delirium started to set in, folks. Um, last two matches then. We've got the Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Sayaka Matani taking on Mina Shirakawa. Much as I love Mina and much as I love the word that she's done recently, Sayaka Matani takes this. Yeah, again, you don't change business, not unless you see somebody, you know, coming up that's going to help you. Again, this company's grown, grown over 200% in the last year and a half, and a lot of it has to do with uh, our wrestler of the year, Sai Kamatani. Will there be a time for Mina to uh, win the white belt? Sure. Uh, is there time now? It could be, but at the same time, you have the hottest and arguably the best white belt champion of all time going on right now. Do not take the belt off Sai Kamatani. Uh, great job building Mina up. I'm sure this match will probably steal the show. But I agree that uh, Sayakamatani will have another successful title defense. And Mina Shikawa will have another phenomenal match. And that sort of echoes for the main event as well. Suri versus Micah for the World of Stardom Championship. Much as they've done a fantastic job with Micah, I don't see them taking the belt off Suri before Dream Queendom. Um, a little interesting tidbit. If Suri wins this match, she'll be on nine defenses, tied with Utami Hayashishta. What a fantastic way for Suri to drop the belt than drop it in the same venue where she won it on the same date that she won it with the same amount of defences as Utami. We talk about the mirroring of those two and how they're intrinsically linked. To have that sort of mirroring between the two, that's a really interesting concept. And, you know, despite all that, I wouldn't have Suri drop the belt before Dream Queendom anyway. No, the build's already there. Sure, you already said after she won the five-star uh, that she wants to go around the 29th and go up against Sherry. The seeds are already planted. You've kind of even seen the, the seeds planted when we reviewed their match from World Climax back uh, in March of the beginning of this year. We thought, okay, you know, they're breaking Sherry down. They're going to build her. I'm not Sherry, Julia down. They're going to build her back up, and then they're just going to rematch this match at the end of the year, which that's the way that looks like that they're going. But, yeah, that's uh, – very, uh, very, very, very good insight there, sir. I knew it would be a year to the date that Sherry had the belt, that if she does drop it to Julia, but the fact that the same amount of defenses as you, Tommy, that's some uh, some really, really good mirroring there. But uh, yeah, I, obviously, I expect this match to be really good. I, I expect the last three matches, the tag title match, the white belt and the red belt to all easily break the four star mark, in, in my opinion. So I'm really excited for this whole show, especially these last three matches. But uh, yeah, Sherry is going to get the win here. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing left for me to say is that Stardom have their night two of the Tag League on the 30th of November from Big Palette Fukushima. There is only two matches from... Three matches, I apologise, from the actual tournament with Aphrodite taking on We Love Tokyo Sports. 
FWC taking on O2 Line and Wingori taking on BMI 2000. And then there are some undercard tags, which we will talk about next time. Now, the pay-per-view itself, the Hiroshima pay-per-view we've just talked about, airs on the 3rd of November, which is a Thursday. We haven't quite worked out what we're going to do in terms of actually doing a review for that because that's after we record but we'll sort something out i'm sure matt um but next week we'll be talking about that tag league show we'll be talking about the rumble on 44th street and matt's exploits in new york P- keep it pg please matt um and then we'll talk maybe we'll just record a little bit later and maybe upload it later so we can talk about the pay-per-view i don't know we'll keep you informed on the twitter sphere um in the meantime thank you so much for listening guys we really do appreciate it if you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast if you can leave us a five-star review if you think we've deserved it it really 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 helps the podcast i cannot stress enough how much it helps us with exposure we really do appreciate it um go to our patreon patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast check out the website uh the stardomcast.weebly.com um you can find us on twitter at the stardom cast all of our socials at the stardom class including youtube uh you can find me on twitter at, at real rob goodwin matt tell us where we can find you and then sign us off my friend Absolutely. Thank you, good sir. You can find me on Twitter and or the Instagram, Matt Turner OF. Any questions, comments, anything you need from me, please just let me know. I greatly appreciate all the fantastic support that we've been getting. It really means the world to us uh, because like I always say, just remember, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.